everyone, and welcome to the film reroll. It has been a little while, but we are back with a real schedule to communicate with you. We will be posting Twister as a Patreon exclusive episode. Part one goes up this coming Thursday. Then the following week, we're back with the seventh and final part of Memento. The week after that, we'll post Twister part two to the Patreon. And the week after that, a special hundredth episode spectacular right here on the main feed. Two weeks after that, we've got a whole new movie coming. I won't tell you what it is, but it's a sequel to something we've done before. And Twister, by the way, it's going to be Patreon exclusive for now as a thank you to all the people who've stuck with us and made this show possible. It was actually one of the first we recorded, but I thought it was lost until I rediscovered it on an old hard drive. It's a bit rough like all our early episodes, but it's charming as heck. It's Andy Hoover's first time DMing, and it's absolutely slathered in his trademark wonder. Anyway... We're excited to be back with you. We've got a lot of great stuff coming. A reminder of how these Memento episodes work. We recorded them forward, but they're edited backwards. So every time you hear this sound and a new player steps in, we've jumped backwards in time. If you need a cheat sheet to remind yourself of what the heck has been going on, listeners have been posting summaries in chronological order on the subreddit. So go check that out there if you need a little refresher. All right. And with no further ado... Memento. Andy Hoover is an author, a playwright, and a game designer. Andy is one of my favorite writers of all time, and I've had the pleasure to be a first reader for five different plays he's written. Andy is also one of the founding members of the film Reroll. Hello, Andy. How you doing? Hey, man. Good. How are you? Thanks for the introduction. That's very nice. I don't know. I'm excited about this. Uh, I have no idea where I'm going to wake up, but this is one of the most interesting uh, frameworks and ideas that we've had for a movie. So I can't wait to get started. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, yeah. Have you seen the movie, by the way? I have several times. It's the kind of movie that I think you need to see more than once. Um, and I think I saw it not in theaters, but like, you know, on DVD or whatever, like pretty soon after it came out or when it was released. And I really liked it. You know, I think I was like, you know, a good age for it. It was like, oh man, this is like a really cool trippy thing. Uh, and then now I find like whenever it's on, I'll just kind of like pop it on. And I think it's great. I think it's, you know, it's, it's, Obviously, the most interesting thing about it is the gimmick, but it's got a lot of really good stuff going on that isn't just gimmickry, and I appreciate that. And I think, uh, yeah, I think it's really cool. I think it's one of Christopher Nolan's like best movies, and I don't say that lightly because I really like his stuff. So it's it's good stuff. Yeah, it's certainly it's certainly unique. It manages to be experimental, but like fairly mainstream. It never feels pretentious in its design. No, I know, and it really is. There is the sort of funny thing about it where it's like, for me, it's always like all of that, and it's black and white. You know, it's like, why would you like add? You know, it's like if you're trying to avoid pretension, it's almost like they're like, we're going to do this really gimmicky thing, and then also it's going to be black and white, but it works. You know, like I think that it it I, I it works to the point where it's hard for me to even imagine it in, in color in the same way. You know, like it's like yeah, for well, whatever the, reason, I, I remember the whole thing is black and white, and I know now that I think about it, that's not it's not the case, yeah. it's, but it's, like just the, there's parts of it is it just the flashbacks? It's just the yeah it's just the forward moving sections ah there you that go are in black and white which are sort of flashbacks in the sense that they happen before the color sections, right but it's not that much before it's not like usually if you use black and white for a flashback it would be because you're like 30 years ago but like it's that's so weird before. that my memory of it is i mean like I, I as i was saying that i'm like wait that's not right but like when i think of it i think of it as like a black and white stylized yeah. movie that's weird well it's it's certainly stylized and the sections in black and like I bet that Christopher Nolan spent a long time in the scripting phase not wanting to do those sections in black and white, trying to come up with another indicator to like clue the audience in that like these are the forward moving sections. Right. These have a different structure to them and a different feel to them, and the point of view is slightly different. 
But ultimately, I bet it was just like, the movie's going to be too confusing if I don't make it absolutely 100% clear every second that is in right, the forward right. moving and every second that's in the background moving. It's weird. It's like reverse synesthesia or something. I just like, yeah, I just like when I think of it, I just, it feels black and white to me, even though it's not like, it's funny. Um, yeah, no, I love it though. It's a great movie. Uh, I, I clearly need to watch it again because there's always like new things you'll see, including color apparently. Uh, and uh, it's, I think Guy Pierce is great. I think he's great in everything. And like the entire cast is fantastic. And I think that gets a little bit lost in the shuffle, you know, cause it's not really, on the surface, a really actory movie, but I think everybody, you know, even in the small parts really brings something to it. So I, I'm a big fan and I'm really excited that we're doing it. And I'm really excited that we're doing it in this weird way. So I, I can't wait to see where I am. I'm excited what's going too. On. It occurs to me that the audience and I have the exact opposite perspective right now and that I know everything that is coming for the audience and the audience knows everything that I don't know. I love everything it. that will happen that I don't know yet because it's in the future. <laughs> That's so crazy. This is so cool. We should do like a whole we should. I mean, we shouldn't do every episode of the show this way. But like what an interesting like, you know, what an interesting form of storytelling and, and you know, audience uh, feedback. This is I, I really can't wait. I'm so right. excited. You ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. You're in pain. <clears throat> Taking a few shots to the face. Feels like <sighs> something in the chest. You taste blood in your mouth. Your knees are in the dirt, and in front of you, there's a guy with a gun, but now he's he's kind of lowered the gun. <sighs> to your right, someone in a sling says, Cannery Mill? Give me a perception roll. Uh, that is a, <laughs> that's a failure by three. Failure by three. Yeah, you're too focused on the fact that there's a guy with a gun. Uh, you're, Oof. by the way, in some kind of a dingy back room, dirty okay. brick floor with slat metal walls. You can see some daylight leaking in. And the guy is not pointing the gun at me. No, it looks like he was pointing the gun at you and was just lowering it as you All right, so I say to him, to. so uh, what's all this about? Cannery Mill? Again, the guy on your right with a sling. He says, you put it in Cannery Fucking mill. You talking? You talking to me? I put it in cannery mill. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Hey, man, I'm sorry about that. I, I, uh, that seemed like a good idea at the time. I got a, uh, I got a condition. I got short-term memory loss. I don't always remember what's going on. Shut up about your condition. Says the guy hey, with it, the gun, the big guy in a muscle shirt. It's a bitch, man. What can I say? It's rough. Look, look, just let me get my shit and get out of here. All right, I won't bother you guys again. From behind the big guy with the gun, a smaller man steps out, well dressed in dark gray slats and. Dress shirt with sleeves rolled up and a red vest, he says. And here I thought the one-eyed ranger stole it. He looks accusatorily at the man in the sling, who you notice is in a thin gown like you would get at a doctor's office. He turns to you and he says, But it turns out Leonard knew where it was all along. All right, take us to this cannery mill. If you're telling me the truth, Leonard, then I'll have no reason to harm you. Well, all right, I appreciate that. Uh... You guys let me know, uh, you know, where Cannery Mill is, and uh, I'll go ahead and drive you on over there. Do I have area knowledge, this area? You do not. You have no idea where you are. You don't even know what year it is. Yeah, I mean, guys, I don't want to be, you know, uh, the dumb guy in the room here, obviously, more than I am, but I don't know where Cannery Mill is. So if you guys want me to go there, you can, you know, I can drive you there. I'm a pretty good driver, but you guys are going to have to, like, direct me. The man in the sling says... Yeah, I, I know where Cannery Mill is. It won't be open for cards yet, but I can get us in, I think. All right, thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, all right, so uh, let's get going. Let's go. Chop, right. chop. So the four of you start to walk out. The big guy with the gun in front, then you and the man in the sling, and the guy in the vest in back. As you get up, you feel how beat up you are. There's a 
dull aching in your bones. Oh, God. Any of you guys got a first aid kit or anything? I'm feeling like, I don't know where I got these uh, injuries. Might have been, I don't know. The guy says, might have been doing some reckless driving, jackass. The smaller man in the vest, he says, first cannery mill, then we'll see about the rest. Yeah, all right. Well, okay, let's go there. And, you know, if you could, once we uh, once we get to where we're going uh, and you guys get whatever it is you want, you know, uh, that'd be great if you could, uh, you know, patch me up a bit. I'd appreciate oh, it. Oh, we'll take care of you, pretty boy. And they guide you out into daylight, and you see that you're in the dirt parking lot behind some factories, Mm -hmm. emerging from an abandoned gray building. Looks like it might have been industrial offices once upon a time. In the parking lot is a red sports car, a rundown old sedan, Mm -hmm. and a big truck. It's a shitty car. Am I right? It's mine, right? It's my car? This thing happens. I forget what car I have. It's my car? What happened to my car? So you had first think you're walking towards the sedan but you all walk past it and it seems you're walking towards the nicer car the the red car uh give me an iq roll to get a read on the relationships here to read the room as it were okay uh that is a success by one. yeah so you've picked up at this point that you and the man in the hospital gown are the prisoners of the other two men uh-huh. and the man in the red vest is the superior of the big guy okay. who's in the muscle shirt uh the man in the hospital gown seems angry at you uh, and okay. he gives you a meaningful look and then shakes his head in frustration gotcha gotcha so he so I, i'm sort of gathering that he and i put something in cannery mill or he's annoyed that i took something to cannery mill yeah Okay, so the meaningful look. Can I roll like body language to get a sense of what this guy wants? Yeah, give me this, give me this a, guy who seems to be my buddy. Okay. Oh, that's great. Uh, not quite a quick success, but a success by six against body language. Yeah, so you're looking at him, and for one thing, he reads your confusion and furrows his brow for a second and then gives you a questioning look with a little shake of his head that you interpret to mean, did you just go blank again? Uh, yeah, I give him a little nod. Like the look means like, did you go blank while we were in there? And that weird yeah. shit you just said. Yeah. So I confirmed that to him with a, with a subtle little nod. You he know? takes your nod in and gestures lightly with his eyes to the guy in front of you, who's the big guy, and to himself, and then to the guy behind you, and to you. And he gives you a grim look through pursed lips. Uh, do I take that to mean that he wants us to attack these guys? Like, is it aggressive in that way? Like, he wants me to get the front guy and he'll get the back guy? Because that's how I'm sort of taking it. But, like, you know, and I can do another body language roll. If, but if that's, like, way off base and not what you mean to convey. No, then. so if that's what he was saying, he would be implying he's going to take the big guy, which is absurd. He's half a foot shorter than you uh-huh. and wearing pretty thick glasses. He couldn't take the big guy on his best day. And right sure, now, sure, sure. he's okay. seriously injured. The, the gesture is vague. But for your big success, what you take to mean is... It's about to be you or them. You're not all walking out of this live. Oh, wow. Okay. And I know that. Okay. Okay. But I don't know who this guy in the in the sling is unless like, you know, he's, he's, I get the impression that he's my ally, but I wouldn't necessarily know that I've told him anything about my quest or anything, you know, like I don't, I, I mean, I don't think so. Cause oh, I'm not. Give me a focus roll for that uh, body language. Okay. Oh, no. Terrible. Not quite a crit failure, but I failed for sure. All right. So that is your first Oof. failure, Andy. You are on Yikes. one strike. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I do I get the impression that I would, you know, that I tell people or that I told, I don't feel like I necessarily let people in. I forget exactly what he de- how he deals with new people in the movie, but 
I don't think like necessarily I would assume that this guy knows my whole mission, right? Uh, that is up to you. You have no insight from your memories on that. Yeah, one. I wonder. So I'm wondering if maybe this guy behind me is the guy I'm looking for. But I'm going to go ahead and just file that away for later. And let's go to Cannery Mill and wait for a better opportunity, I think. Sure. So the four of you get in the car. The big guy drives and they sit you shotgun with the British guy, uh, the man in the red vest behind okay. him holding a gun on you and smoking a cigarette out the window. Uh, the man in the sling gives directions and you drive for about 10 minutes, mostly on side streets. And then you cross a bridge onto an empty road with an old industrial port on your left. And you pass the main pier and then some empty lots with scattered shipping containers. And finally, the guy stops you at a big gate in front of a small driveway that's about 100 feet long with okay, four yep. big metal warehouses on either side and ending in a small pier with some dinghies tied up in the water. Above the entrance, there's a big billboard advertising Macanudo cigars. The whole area appears to be empty. Uh, mm. You stare in for a minute and the man in the red vest says, this is the place. This doesn't look right. Hey man, I don't know anything going on more than you do. You know, anybody want to tell me what this is about? Like, what are we looking for here? Might go faster. The guy in the sling says, yeah, it's a gambling den. It's illegal, so of course it's not going to look right. Plus, it's not open yet. We're going to break in and look around. Someone want to climb the fence? I'll climb. Uh, Lenny, you think that's a good idea? Well, what are we looking for? Come on, guys, help me out here. The big guy says, you shut up. You don't need to know nothing. All right, man. Yeah, you want to make this longer search? That's fine. You know, whatever. You guys, good luck. I'll watch the car. No, you said you're climbing, so you're climbing. All right, fine. Jesus. Get to it. Well, can I have like a gun or something? This sounds dangerous. Anybody want to give me a gun? Don't you think I'm an idiot? <laughs> okay. I was worth a shot, man. I don't know. I don't know a relationship here. All right. Um, hey, uh, I pointed the sling, the guy in the sling. Hey, uh, what's your name again, man? It's Teddy. Hey, Teddy. Hey, um, what am I, you seem nice. What am I doing when, once I climb the fence? I'm happy to climb the fence, guys, but, you know, Teddy, what, what should I do here? What am I looking for? The man in the red vest who's been quietly scoping the place finally says, we're all going in. We're all climbing this fence? This is a four-man operation? All right, Jesus. Uh, Teddy, you, you okay if I give you a boost here? What are you talking about? I can't climb this fence. Look at me. I'm walking with a goddamn cane. Yeah, come on. What, what, you can't make this guy climb. Let him watch the car hey, or whatever. if he said you're climbing, then you're climbing. Well, I got four. I can force entry, and I got forced. You want to break open the lock? Sure, I'll break open the lock. I don't care who these people are. I don't know who they are. I forget who they are. I don't, you know. All right, yeah, I'm going to force entry this. Let's bust this thing open. So it's a pretty serious gate, and you can't reach the lock from this side. It's going to be a forced entry minus five from here. Give me a give me a tool or something, buddy. I, I can't. You know, do you have like pliers? Let's or, see. You know, like yeah. The big guy goes and checks the trunk, and he gets you a crowbar that gives you a plus three. So you're at a forced entry minus. Two oh, this now. is great. Thank you. I have the crowbar. And I'm going to go ahead and forced entry. That is a success oh, yeah. by four. Easy. You jimmy the crowbar between the gate doors and shove it back into the lock and throw your weight to the left and something cracks inside the gate and the whole thing slides aside easily and whoom, swings open, hitting with a loud thud at the end, which echoes menacingly over the empty lock. So, uh, yeah, so we just made a menacing echo, guys. That seems uh, promising. What are we Whoa. doing here? We, okay, let's go to the wharf. All right. I'm going to go. I'll lead the way. And I go. Yeah. So you walk ahead into the empty lot with the small pier at the end. There are big hangers on either side of you with little walkways between each of the buildings. The guy in the vest stays behind at first. But once you've walked up for a bit, mm -hmm. he sees the coast is clear and he drives up to join you. As you're walking up, Teddy is spinning a yarn. Yeah, so this is an illegal gambling operation. It's where Lenny and I first met, you know, and it's where your man Grants came to gamble with the man with one eye when there was a dispute over a hand of cards that led to violence. The money ought to still be in escrow in there, so we can get in and get that for you. Oh, it's a heist. Oh, we're on a heist. We're on a heist for money. Okay, that's fine. This is my money? Is this my money you guys are stealing from me? Why, why are you guys getting my money? 
Did someone fill me in? It's the fox's money, says the big guy. All right, Jesus. I, wh- how did I, why? Okay, all right. You know what? I don't want to piss anybody off, so let's just go get your money back. That seems reasonable. Teddy, that sound reasonable to you? That's the plan. All right. So uh, we go towards this gambling den. So you get to the third hangar on the left. There's four hangars on each side, so you're pretty close to the water at this point. You see a little stone walkway and then the narrow pier with uh-huh. several small boats and dinghies floating off the side. You notice you think there's someone sitting in one of the boats, maybe fishing. Mm. In the distance, you see the large pier that you passed on the drive. Uh, Teddy limps up to the hangar and theatrically knocks. He says... Don't think anyone's here gambling this early, but you never know. Yeah, it sounds reasonable. I mean, you know, I don't remember how gambling works, but uh, yeah, that, that, you know, that seems like a nighttime pursuit. Uh, can we open the door? Yeah, he turns to you and says, you still have my keys, Lenny? And you realize that you have two sets of keys in your pocket. Right. Teddy holds out his hand expectantly. You got it. Before I sort of do this, if I have an opportunity to get close to Teddy, do I have an opportunity to like, I mean, I know these guys are probably watching us closely, but... Just exchange any kind of communication with him. Yeah, I mean, if you're walking up to Teddy to hand him the keys, you'll be about five paces from the guy in the muscle shirt. The other guy is just getting out of the car, which he drove down and parked here. So you've got a little window, but you're definitely going to have to give me a roll to effectively hide any communication. I think really all I want to know is like, just real quick, like, you know, basically these guys going to let us go. Like, that's all I want to, you know, like, like if I get the money, are they, are, are we, are we square? Sure. So first of all, what do you want to roll to get that across? Uh, can I just do that as a body language roll or, uh, cause I'm, I'm actually saying something. So I don't know what that so, would be. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit too specific for body language. If no. you succeed by three, I'll give you a solid answer. Otherwise, I don't think you can get that question across. You might get a more vague version of it. Well, how about I have acting? So how about I just, uh, I mean, I know this is a bit of a stretch, but like, um, no, that's not going to work, I guess. I, I was thinking something along the lines of like eliciting a reaction by saying something maybe louder, you know, more looking at Teddy when I ask the guys, you know, okay, we get the money, we're square, right? Yeah. You know? I will let you take an acting roll flat and a body language minus one. Okay, to pull that's that what off. Do I need to do a focus roll for this? Yeah, I'll take one focus roll for the whole operation. Okay, so my focus roll is successfully below a 12. My acting roll... Is bad. So I fail my acting, but let me see what my body language is to get a sense yeah. of this uh, whole thing. So my acting, I failed by three, and my body language, I my body language minus one, I succeed on the button. So I screw up on the acting side of things. So I'm just yeah, like... so you get the message yeah, to Teddy of what you're asking, and he shakes his head no, fearfully. But for your failed acting, you are not able to conceal your attempt to pass okay. secret information. The big guy perks up and points his gun at you and says... Hey, what the hell are you talking about? Hey, man, I'm just trying to get this door open. You guys want to do it instead? Don't be trying no funny business. All right, all right, man. All right. Uh, Let me just go ahead and get this door open, okay? Yeah, you do that. Put the gun down, all right? Put the gun down. Jesus. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, try and... I Like, at this point, I would like to... If the guy's gun is on me, and now I have a sense from Teddy that these guys mean business, uh, the big guy has the gun. Yeah. I would like to wait for an opportunity, not right now, but soon, to just, like, clock him with the crowbar in the face when I have a chance. That is my new strategy. Okay. But that's just that's just in the back of my mind. And right now I'm just going to, but you know, for now I'm going to follow their orders and try and open this door. Yeah. So you found the keys in your pocket. Uh, Teddy takes the keys and finds the right one and he opens. He needs your help a bit to lift. It's a metal slat door that tilts up and opens into the interior of a warehouse. Ahead of you is a long hallway with big metal 
boxes lined up on your right, very big metal boxes. At the end of the hallway, you can see that it opens into a different space, but you can't see what's down there. It's pretty dark. All right, you guys like it? It's a dark warehouse. What the hell do you want Let's here? go for a stroll. We've been strolling all day. All right. And you guys head into the warehouse. Uh, give me a perception check. Okay, do I need to focus roll for this? No, if I make you roll perception, you only need to focus check on a failure. Uh, on the button. Okay, on the button perception, uh, it's pretty dark in here, so you don't see anything particularly interesting. The only light is coming from the open door behind you and then little bits that leak from between metal slats. As you're walking in, you can see now that the boxes on your right are individual storage lockers. Each one is about six by six, maybe six by eight, with about a foot or two space between them. They line the whole right side of the hallway. The left side of the hallway, there's what looks like some kind of a rope and pulley system and hooks that connect to some kind of roller hanging from the high ceiling, okay. presumably to help move heavy cargo. Uh, there's also a fire extinguisher about three lockers down. It looks like there's about... 10 to 12 of these lockers along the hallway. And Teddy says to you, you remember which one it is, Lenny? <laughs> That's funny. That's funny, Teddy. I have no fucking idea which one it is. I don't know. Uh, I think it might be the one by the fire extinguisher. Something, something's, something's grabbing my mind about that one. No, not that, that one. one. Six, seven, nine. It's the ninth one down. And he walks mm -hmm. ahead down right. the hall. Uh, where, are the, where are the other two guys? Are they following Teddy? Yeah, they're both following about five paces behind the two of you. The okay. big guy still has his gun drawn after your failed acting attempt. Uh, okay, well, I follow Teddy then. Yeah, he walks down the hallway and he stops at one of the storage lockers and turns to your captors and says, This is it. Hold on, don't get too close. Stay out of view in case anyone's here. They know me and Lenny, but they don't really like strangers here, especially not pain and gain over here waving his pistol everywhere. You see the locker he's talking about has a number and what you think is a name. It's pretty dark. Uh, give me a perception check if you want to be able to read it. Okay. Perception. Perception is a success by three. And you can make it out. The locker says 679 and the name under it says Gamel. The man in the red vest who's stopped five paces behind you says, That little mini storage unit, is it gambling den? It looks like it could fit five people standing room only. Opens into stairs down. It's genius. Cannery Mill is below us. He gives it a couple knocks and puts his head against the door to listen. I don't think no one's home. Lenny, you brought a can opener, right? Uh, Teddy, you're a cut up. All right, I'll go ahead and force entry this door, I guess. Uh, I mean, yeah, okay. I still don't quite know what's going on. Is the guy's gun still on me? He's lowered it, but it's not far from you. He's still got it in attention position, just <sighs> down, not pointing it at you. Is he within crowbar range? He is about four steps back. So just at the end of crowbar range, if you took a full step forward and pulled off the maneuver in one move. That's not worth it, and I don't quite know enough what's going on. So I'm going to go ahead and do just forced entry on this door. All right, give us a forced entry. Uh, that is a success by two. Great, and give me a focus check. Ooh. That is a success by a bunch. Okay, so easy forced entry, and as you're jimmying it open, Teddy bends down to grab the bottom. He says, okay, on three, just be ready in case someone's coming up the stairs. So me, are, me, are Teddy and I both kind of like lifting up the door together now that I've jimmied it? Yeah, so he goes to grab or the bottom just... and pull it up with you as you're working it with your crowbar, and literally as soon as you've broken the locking mechanism, Teddy throws the door open and dives through, and everything's thrown into craziness. Uh, give me an IQ roll to avoid surprise and read what's happening correctly. That is a crit fail. Oh! <laughs> that is a two sixes and a five. Fascinating. I apologize to my past and future iterations. For my poor, for my poor rolling, it would seem like a critical junk. Okay, well, first of all, give me a focus check on the failed IQ. That is a loss of focus for sure. Okay. That is almost a crit fail again, but not quite. So you are now down to your last focus check. 
Yeah. Uh, which means you're at a minus two for everything IQ base. Okay. So for your crit fail, you totally freeze up and the sudden violence of the moment causes you to flash back to the attack that killed your wife. Ah. Her eyes clouding over a shower curtain wrapped around her face and blood from the back of your head seeping into the tile floor. You completely lose yourself and you come to when the big guy shoves you aside and both your captors start firing their guns into the open door. It's incredibly loud, just utter chaos of bullets. <laughs> um, so these bullets, they're firing at people inside the hangar and people inside the hangar are firing out at them. You're confused. It's loud and you're overwhelmed. You're staring into the storage locker and, well, you know, it's really dark. The light is coming from the outer door 40 feet to your right. You can give me a perception minus four for darkness and for your confusion from the last crit fail if you want to assess the situation properly and see into the locker. Okay, let me roll my perception minus four. That is a failure. Okay, yeah. It's dark and you're confused. Give me a focus check. That is a success by three. Okay, uh, you're good. Is there anywhere that I can get cover of my own from these guys who have a gun without going inside the hangar or inside the locker? Like, is there is there anywhere, is there any space between the, is there any... Ideally, there would be some sort of like door out of the place entirely. So you can sprint back out the door you came in, but that's 40 or 50 feet where they'd have a good shot at you and you'd be between them and the light source so they could spot you easily. You can go left deeper into the warehouse where you'd at least have a little cover of darkness, but you don't know what's down that way. You can try to wedge yourself between the lockers where you'll have some immediate cover, but you're probably cornering yourself there. Uh, currently, you're looking straight into darkness with the big guy on your right who starts moving forward while firing into the darkness and the little guy on your left who's staying back here with you. Uh, is the little guy sort of like focused on me at all? He's pretty focused on the gun battle at the moment, but gotcha. you've spent the last several seconds just gawking in amazement. So possibly once you start moving, it'll catch their attention. Okay, I'm going to just cold cock this guy with a crowbar. All right, give me a roll to cold cock. Uh, I have brawling. Does that work? Yeah. Uh, all right. Minus two for improvised weapon. Uh, it's minus two for improvised weapon. Yeah. If you're hitting him with a crowbar, um, you're gonna, you know, a crowbar will do more damage, but it's, uh, it's, it's more unwieldy than just punching. Yeah. Him I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna just try and uh, just, just I want to get him down with a crowbar, hit him a few times, get his gun, and book it. That's my, that's my long-term plan. I would like to have a gun. I feel like that's a useful thing for me to have. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, that is a, on my brawling minus two, that is a success by one. So not a great success, but crowbar was worth it. Success. The guy gets a uh, IQ roll to avoid surprise. Uh, exciting. Drop to die. He succeeds his IQ roll to avoid Damn surprise. Damn it. Let's see if he succeeds his dodge, however. That's a crit fail dodge. Yeah. Trip six crit fail dodge. He dodge into, into the crowbar, your crowbar. Buddy. Yeah. yeah. Give you a plus one to damage. Give me a damage roll. It should be a swing plus uh, three. Oh, yeah. Crowbar McGee over here. Okay. Swing plus three. Yeah. That I rolled a six. Fucking sick shit. Oh, uh, six beautiful. plus five, so 11 damage. Plus a bonus for his crit fail dodge stepping into the crowbar. <laughs> you knock him out in one shot. You just like, boom, top of the head. <laughs> 
it's just very cinematic. It's just like I, I have, yeah. I have this, I have this vision of my wife dying, and I just like sort of scramble out of it, and as if this guy was the killer, just smash him over the head. Ah, uh, but give me a focus roll for your, uh, for your crowbar hit. Oh, that's that's not a that's not an IQ based skill whacking people with crowbars, is it? Uh, it's anything. It's anything. It's yeah, anything. anything is a nah, focus boy. check. And this is a focus at minus two. You're at a minus two now, yeah, for all your focus checks. Yeah. Oh God. Success. Nice. Uh, yeah, I rolled a six. Beautiful. Nice. So yeah, he goes down, and he's in a crumple, and uh, okay, you hear shouting and firing from inside the storage locker. Okay, I would like to get this guy's gun. You got it. Are there any notes for me <laughs> that I'm aware of now that I finally have a fucking moment to myself? Has anyone tried to fill me in? Have I tried to fill myself in on what's going on in this nightmare? You want to you wanna check your pockets? I want to keep the gun sort of... So nobody... Right now, the way that I'm envisioning it is... I keep the gun sort of like aimed at the storage lockers, but I'm kind of backing up pretty damn quickly, uh, trying to get to a place where I can sort of be alone for a second. So if that means me backing all the way out to the far end of the hangar, that's fine. Like how many, how many yards do I have? It's about 15 or 20 yards to where the storage hallway opens out into a different area, but it's too hard to see what's down there unless you want to give me a perception minus three. Uh, if you want a little cover, there's the little space between the lockers, although you might want to go at least a couple over because this thin slab metal is definitely okay, not bulletproof. I'm going to take this guy's gun. I'm going to take his fucking wallet because like who knows when I'll have chances to like loot a body again. So I take his wallet. Does he have anything else of interest? Like quick, the really quick search like a two second just like what's in his pocket situation the keys to the car he wasn't driving he does have the keys because he drove the car down the driveway into the wharf area so you can get those um so if you're just giving me a two second no roll search of his pants pockets you don't find a wallet but you find some indistinct papers folded up in his left pocket yeah i grab him uh i grab him uh i want to write um I, do I have a pen on me yeah i want to no i want to i want to i want to quick okay so so here's my full plan loot this guy and let me know if any of this is taking more than like, you know, like, is he is he fully in the nook is my question. The, the guy so who somebody just beat up? No, he's not in the nook at all. He was sort of angling himself towards the nook to get some cover and he fell in that direction. Yeah. So you could drag him easily. But Great. Uh, this is the nook directly adjacent to the storage unit with ongoing firing and shouting. Great. OK, I'm running over to the other nook. The next nook over. Yeah. OK. I would like to now. Take a quick look. You're, you're saying his papers are indistinct or indistinguishable. Well, you felt papers. They're in your hand. That's all you know, right? Okay. Now. Are they all, are they connected in some way? I just don't, I know I have this condition. I don't want to confuse the next person with like, here's pointless papers as I feel sure. like I'm getting out. <laughs> like, and I don't think that's metagaming. I think this is something that Lenny runs into a lot. Oh, absolutely. So I just like, so I'm that's just like, whole I, system. can I take a quick look at his papers? Yes, but uh, it is really dark here. So to be able to read anything. Oh, no. You're going to have to give me perception minus four. I know. Um, I go. Is it fair that I can sort of like feel myself going out like, oh, my God, it's really dark in here. I don't know what to. Um, is there. OK, here's a question. How thin are the. Oh, my God. I really like this idea. How thin are the outside walls of the hangar? Ima imagine Roughly. like a storage hangar on a dock. It's that like corrugated slat metal, not thick. I would like to shoot. <laughs> a bullet out through the exterior side of the nook so I can have a bullet hole to read by <laughs> as the sun comes in. I like it. <laughs> okay. So I, I just very I, I very carefully take a single shot and like, you know, hopefully like there's no ricochet, but like it sounds like I, I have faith that the bullet's gonna go through. 
does the bullet, bullet indeed go goes through goes straight through and you can okay. see that it is indeed an external <laughs> wall and you can kind of poke your eye through and you see that there's uh there's a little alleyway and then there's another storage hangar you were in the second to last storage hangar so there's there's another one there and in the little alleyway uh well if you want to take a perception i'll give you more but that's all you see is there's no 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 i don't really care i'm just using this for the light real quick so yeah, i would yeah. like to now so to hold the papers up to the light and see better i will now let you uh give me just a uh perception flat to be able to read through papers so which which papers are you focusing on first? i mean i just feel like i want to call i want to read his papers first i guess okay yeah because like at this point i don't know if there's enough time for me but i want to be able to see if i if i need if these are useful or if they should be discarded so i just want to get a general sense of what these papers are sure. basically sure 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 all right, sweet. Okay. Uh, that is a success by five. Great. The, but this was a voluntary perception, so give me a focus check. Success. Nice. By by uh, six. Okay, you are able to read his papers. <laughs> and he did this quick, so the bullet hole is at like not the perfect angle. So he's sort of like holding it weirdly up to the thing, <laughs> squinting. So desperate to make some progress. You start to unfold the papers, and you realize now that it's one big page. It's a map. You're having trouble. It's a city map, and you're having trouble figuring out what it's a city map okay. of, but you see there's a circled area there. I am going to quickly write... I think at this point, I don't know if this is... I mean, I'm just playing this as I see it, but I trust Teddy more than I trust these guys. I want to just really quick write, ask Teddy, small guy's map, ask Teddy on the map. Sure. Uh, I want to take a look at the notes in my pockets. So before you get to that, at this point, you notice that the sounds of struggle and the gunplay have stopped. And there's just like a soft, desperate, pleading, gurgling sound and heavy breathing. And then you hear, Casey, Casey, you all right? Okay, I'm going to quick cross out small, or I'm going to uh, put Casey in parentheses, like a little carrot, and then parentheses, Casey after a small guy. Okay. And then I would like to... I mean, I I guess he's going to come searching. I th And I think that I know this guy's going to kill me. And at this point, I think Teddy's probably dead. So my number one problem here is for my physical safety. So I think I'm just going to point the gun at the entrance of the nook and shoot to kill if this guy comes by. Okay, so you're ready. Yeah. Okay. You hear some shuffling and then... God damn it. Oh, he's there by the body, presumably. Presumably. Uh, how long would it take me to quickly go out and try and get him? I mean, it's it, like, at gunpoint. like you're right in this little nook. So it's just, a, you know, a couple steps forward to step out of the nook area. Uh, I'm going to do that and try and get him at gunpoint. All right. So, so it's, instead you, of waiting, because I want to get if he's if I hear him find the body, I want to get out. And like before he has a chance to sort of like think that I'm still in the area, I want to surprise him with my gun behind him and be like, don't move. Okay. So you step out suddenly of the nook and you see that he is squatted over uh, the little guy. You're you're not at his back. You're at his front, but you have the gun yeah. up and on him. And he okay, is and I say, don't fucking move. Where's Teddy? He goes to dive into the nook to get cover from you. Uh, okay, open fire. All right. Give me a uh, pistol roll. Okay. That is a success by one. He gets a dodge. He does not dodge. Okay. Give me a focus roll. Okay. That is a success. Nice. Okay. Yeah, you hear him groan and he kind of crumples and, and dashes still into the space and in the in the nook. Uh, okay. Uh, I know that he has a gun, but I, I'm hoping that he doesn't necessarily have it like out and pointed the thing yet. And I don't know if there is a entryway on the other side of, um, you know, the, the, the far end of the hangar. So I kind of want to like 
just get to the other side of this nook before he necessarily has his wits about him. So you're gonna you're stepping into the entrance of the nook and you're firing. No, again? I'm just dashing. I'm just dashing across it. I don't even want to. Oh, you're uh, trying to cross the nook. Yeah, I, I just to... want to get on the other side and I want to like you know I want to just like talk to him about it from the other side of the nook to just be like you know like okay. where's Teddy? Like hey man, I got you pinned down. Like I'm walking out of here. You know, okay, so you step out of your nook and you run across the storage locker next to you, past his nook, and now you're in front of the storage locker where the gun battle was, and that's where you're stopping. Yeah. Okay, so he can take an IQ roll to have the presence of mind to shoot you as you go by, but he fails. He is very dumb. Uh, so now you're in front of the open storage locker, and you see that it's lit by light streaming in through several bullet holes in the wall, so you can see it better now, and it's, I mean, it's just a regular storage locker. It has two filing cabinets and a small desk messy with papers. There's several pictures taped to the inner walls. There's some boxes. There's no stairs down or anything like that, and... There's Teddy slumped on the floor against the far wall. Jesus, Teddy, you, you can't okay? fully see him in the dark and blocked partially by the desk, but it looks like he's taken several bullets to the chest. Jesus, His man. Breathing is real ragged. I'm sorry, man. What? The big guy's still alive. Hang on. Let me deal with him. Hey, big guy. I yell. I don't. I, and I sort of like, I still have my gun at the ready. Hey, big guy. I'm going to fuck. I'm taking. Kill you. Hey, shut the fuck here. up. I'm taking Teddy and I'm taking the money. I'm getting the hell out of here. All right. If you want to, if you want to live through this, you're going to let us go first. I'm going to be backing up with my gun pointed at that nook. All right. In fact, why don't you throw your gun out here? Go fuck yourself. All right. Um, I'm going to. Before he has a similar idea, I would like to open fire through the side of the container. Okay. Guns uh, minus ten. Minus ten. Yeah. Blindly firing into a wall. Uh, well, hang on. Let me re- let me reassess this because I mean I I hear his voice echoey in a hangar. You have no location data. You can infer certain things, but like basically you're okay. It, you know that's a shoot and pray if you're firing into a wall. No, that's fair. That's fair. Does Teddy does Teddy have a gun? You you don't know. It's dark. Okay. Um. All right. I would like to roll. Uh. Can I roll against intimidation? Credible threat of violence. Absolutely. Give me an int- intimidation roll. So do I get a bonus for incredible or incredible for <laughs> credible credible threat of violence? But then a minus two because it's IQ based situation. Blah, that blah, is blah. exactly correct. All right. So flat intimidation. And that is a ooh yikes. That is a failure by two. Okay. And give me a focus check. Oh God. Success by one. Wow, you're hanging on with these minus two. Oh my gosh! Well, I got I got to get out of danger here. So like, yeah. So I, my failed intimidation is like, or I don't think it's that bad of a failure. But you know, you can tell me how it goes. But it's like, listen, man, we, you know, I I'm gonna fucking go up if you don't fucking throw that gun out right now. I'm gonna fucking kill you. I don't want to, but I will. All right. He, you just hear him say, "I like my chances." Fuck, Teddy, you want to give me a hand here? I might be checking out here, Lenny. I think this is the end. Just promise me. Promise me, you'll always remember me. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, all right, man, hang in there. I'm gonna. Uh, ah. It's just like anything I try and do is at such a disadvantage. And if I like wake up with like, if I like go foggy again, and this guy's in here, he's just gonna get the jump on me so easily. He's not gonna let me get away with this. Teddy, I'm blanking out again. I gotta go. Bye. And I just sprint for the door. <laughs> all right, so you're sprinting. I'm zigzagging. Uh, serpentine. The, serpentine. Um, the big guy hears you. And he steps out and goes to shoot at you. 
That's a success. I uh, shouldn't give you a dodge because you were running away and presumably not looking, but I'll say that it was in the first move and you were still kind of had your eyes on him coming out as you were turning. Give me a dodge. Oh, boy. Um, I kind of want to sacrifice my... How many more shots is you going to get on me before I get the hell out of here? I mean, at least one or two, depending on how you play it. I'm wondering if it makes sense for me to burn my last focus check just to get the dodge done. Is that crazy? I think that is a very valid strategy. Because that gets me a much more reasonable dodge. But then that would just get the next version of myself like immediately would they, they would need to have a moment of like, oh, I'm getting shot at. Could I use a dodge to like at least get me into cover? So you can like duck into cover at any time. There's storage lockers the whole way down and each nook between them is complete cover. Also remember that his distance penalties to shoot you get bigger the farther you run. Uh, okay, I'm just going to do a regular dodge then because I feel like I'm in a lot of trouble. No matter what I do. Um, so uh, I'm going to just go for a regular dodge. I hope I don't get shot. Ah, failure by one. That's awful. Okay. Uh, you uh, get very lucky on his damage roll. Okay. So we'll canonically say it kind of grazed your shoulder. All right. And you only take three damage. Ouch. Which, which you, you stay conscious. Very important. Great. Uh, however, Great. give me a focus check. Okay. Ah! I dropped two of my die off the table, but the one that rolled was a four. So we're starting off at slightly worse than average to get to a 10. We fail. Failed focus you, check. Uh, you get shot and that kind of uh, distracts you. It turns out those are a uh, yeah. little bit of a distraction thing. I want to stress happen. I'm sprinting though. <laughs> and I hope that I hope that you start with the next person being like you are running away from something. Yeah, you sprinting. Or like you're running. Like don't just be like you stop running. Like I don't, you know, but yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. Oh, no, that's what I've been doing for everyone. Okay. I've been um, giving them the last action. Yeah. How did that... Well, that uh, was fun. Broadly speaking... Well, I guess you can't say it all because all of this stuff is going to happen later. I was going to say, how is how is this comparing to my future slash past yeah. self in terms of getting anything done? I did get a map and I wrote a little hint on the map and I knocked out a guy with a crowbar and I only got shot once. So I, I dealt more... I think you accomplished a I lot. I dealt more damage and picked up more inventory items... Then I took damage and lost inventory items unless Teddy counts as an inventory item. And I can't say whether he does because I don't know what happens next or before. Uh, so hopefully Teddy's okay. Sorry, Teddy. You seem like a nice guy. Uh, I'm glad I got a good whack in with a crowbar. An excellent whack. We'll see. Yeah, very just terrific whack. I don't know where I am, but I don't know what's going on. And I love this game and I can't wait to, you know, hear what happens next. This is really exciting. Right. Or what happened before this. I can't wait to hear what happened before this next. <laughs> exactly. I love it. All right. All right. Good luck. Good luck stitching this together, man. Thank you, Andy. All right, man. I'll let you go. Uh, I'm excited. Thanks, about buddy. This. this was fun. Lane Moore is a comedian, actor, writer, and musician. She is the creator and host of the critically acclaimed comedy show Tinder Live, which I have gone to see and I love. Her book, How to Be Alone, became a number one bestseller and was praised as one of the books of the year by the New York Times. Through quarantine, she is doing nightly streams of a new comedy live show also named How to Be Alone. This is Lane's second appearance on the reroll. Lane, how you doing? Goodish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I'm still alive. I have food in my fridge. It's cool. That's good. 
Yeah, but. all of those are positives. It's it's hard to it's hard to give answers nowadays. Like it's for hard me, to I'm give like, the answer. Yeah, like I don't. I, I like the way that I said that answer was like I'm cool, and it's like no, I'm having constant panic attacks. But you just don't want to launch into that every single time someone asks. So you're like, I don't know. Sure. I'm grateful, I guess. Yeah, goodish is the best I'll give. But I, I I like goodish. Goodish is good relative. Yeah, it's like I'm alive. I have shelter. Like the bar's so fucking low right now. So it's just like, yay, I'm still alive. I'm self-quarantined and like not real quarantined, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. could be worse. Have, have you seen the movie Memento? Uh, I have when I was like a kid and I don't, <laughs> that's a weird movie to watch when you're a child. But I was like, you know, I was like a cool teen who loved uh, indie films and stuff like that. So I did see it. I remember thinking it was good, and I remember thinking that I was cool for thinking it was good. You know, like you are it's one cool of those for movies. thinking it was good, right? I remember thinking, yeah, like, "Wow, so cool. look at me! I got it!" <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. With with this one, <laughs> getting it is just like following, just like right. knowing what happened. Yeah, I watched it continuously. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it was that complicated, but I just remember just it seemed really uh, artistic and like I don't know, like something you were supposed to think was really really cool especially if you were a child yeah yeah i did i nobody let me watch it as a child but you know here we are you know you might have you might have had a better childhood in for the for that yeah it's kind of violent for a kid i mean i don't have a child but they sure as hell aren't watching memento no one let me tell you something hello no one let me watch memento i fucking made a point (laughs) to watch memento i wasn't screened memento i made a point to get in there and (laughs) you know I, i i loved movies and i wanted to I wanted to watch the the cool shit adults liked. Yeah, you know, and that's this was Memento at the time. And now you're in it. Yeah, now I'm in it. <laughs> Suck it, child me. I don't even know the through line of me making that connection, but it sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're on the phone. You're standing at a phone booth, like one of those old, like not a closed phone booth, but like the metal top phone booths. There's a phone in your hand and someone's on the other side of the line. They're saying, look, just, just hurry up. Okay. To the Providence St. Joseph hospital. You got that Lenny? Lenny, are you listening? Uh, yeah, sorry. It's been a really weird whole life. Um, to the hospital. Yes. The hospital. Got it, dummy. Okay. Thank you, sir. Person. Teddy. Are you talking to Teddy? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Again, very weird day for me. All right. Thank you so much, Teddy, who sounds like a friend. I am your friend. Of course you are. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Teddy. All right. We'll be there in a little while. Uh, assuming I know where I am. I'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about me. Okay. Um, I'm going to hang up the phone now. Yeah. So you hang up the phone and turn around and you realize that you're being watched very carefully by two guys in this gas station parking lot. One of them is leaning out the driver's seat of a fancy car. He's got long brown hair and a ponytail. He's huge. He's got biceps the size of your head. And you can tell because he's wearing an olive green muscle shirt. The other guy is dressed more casually. Okay. Mo- somehow more casually than a muscle shirt. I mean, more more normally. Okay. All right. I was going to say, yeah, what's more casual than a muscle shirt? New Nudity. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's okay. nude except for a kiss the cook apron and a pair of Birkenstocks. Uh, no, he's in dark gray slacks and a navy dress shirt with the sleeves rolled up and a red vest. He's smaller than the other guy. He's sitting on the hood of the car, hey. smoking a cigarette, and he looks at you calmly and says, So where to, Mr. Detective? Yeah, smaller one. We're going to the hospital. 
I'll drive. I know how to get there. Why don't we stick to driving and we'll let you navigate for us? Frankly, I love that plan more. <laughs> now, the guy we're meeting there. He says that? The big guy says this. The guy we're meeting is a police officer. Oh, um, we're meeting my friend Teddy. We're, uh, we're good friends, and uh, I left him at the hospital. As with this man, you said so. he's an officer. Yes. And he knows where Jimmy Grant's is. Probably. I can't make any promises, and I won't make any promises. But he's a good man, and he's my friend. <laughs> and now the big guy comes out and grabs you by the shoulder mm -hmm. and gives you a mean mug, and he says, you better hope you're right. And he shoves you into the back seat of the car. Ah. All right, so they drive you to the hospital as per your instructions. It's about a 10-minute drive, and you go from a rather run-down-looking area to a more sedate suburban neighborhood. Mm -hmm. The hospital's a big, square, rather officious-looking building. Yeah. There's a circular entrance driveway. So we we're pulling up there. They pull over about 20 yards short of it, just on the street. The little guy turns back to you, the British guy, and says... So what does this man look like? I mean, you said you knew Teddy. You'd heard of him, right? So you know, he's got a face. He's white, probably. He's, um, he's, uh, he's tall, but not too tall. It's not excessive. Oh, you're right. That he's... does sound familiar. I've definitely seen that guy. Good. <laughs> Great. Then you'll know him when you see him. That's always they... how I see people. So, some, some random male nurse is walking by that fits that description, and the big guy is like, hey, you, and he grabs him in a headlock. Teddy, give me my fucking money. I don't know who you are. Pff, punches him in the face. That is clearly not Teddy. You must put him down. If he looks Teddy. That much I know about Teddy. Teddy is expecting us. No violence. Wait, I have an idea. Why don't we walk into, into the hospital and we, and we each politely just go, Teddy, Teddy, through the halls. How many Teddies could there be here? Probably not a lot, right? I mean, again, he's my friend, right. but I just, I think this is the best way to do it. Why don't you go ahead and we'll hold back a bit and observe. And they start to pull you out of the car and towards the public entrance and they have you go in while they stay back about 10 paces and mm -hmm. you don't go in very far before someone clearly notices you and starts coming towards you tentatively. He's a smaller guy with a thick brown mustache. He's got some sweats on and his top is just a flimsy hospital gown. His right arm and chest are thickly bandaged and he's moving pretty slowly. He's got a cane. He hobbles over to you and says... Leonard, what the hell are you doing Te here? Teddy, I'm so sorry about whatever happened. Are they treating you okay in here? Yeah, it's fine. It's all right, Lenny. Uh, you're here? You're here. We got to go fast, clean up the mess we left. Oh, okay. You got a car? Yeah, of course. Of course. All right. And just then the other guys quickly come up and flank They're you. Coming up, and Teddy coming up sees now. them okay. and he puts his head in his hand and he just says, Oh, God damn it, Leonard. You had one fucking job. Hey, friends. <laughs> Hey, it's me. Uh, all right, this is Teddy. He's oh, a God friend of mine, it. as I said. The guy in the red vest says, how do you two know each other? Gambling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, gambling. <laughs> how do you two know each other? <laughs> our friend Leonard here says you know where our $200,000 is. <laughs> oh, is that what he says? That's really nice of you, Lenny, to bring me into this. Uh... Of course, um, you know, I just, I assume that you had his money because that's what they're here for. So that gives them a reason to kind of have a conversation with us about what's been going on. So what has been going on? And what happened to your arm? 
The guy with the red vest is staring daggers into Teddy, who is clearly, his gears are turning, trying to figure out a way out of this. Uh, you can tell that something is going on here. Teddy looks at you meaningfully. He taps at his chest. Give me an IQ roll to try to, like, read the situation. Oh, that is a crit failure. Okay, great. Yeah, that sounds right. That's about right for the role play you were just doing. Yeah, it really is. And now g- give me a focus roll to stay focused, not okay, lose okay. track of where you are. Okay. That's a success. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, so you read the situation, and clearly what's happening is that under that hospital gown, he is wearing a wire, and he needs you to get them to say something incriminating on Mike. Okay. He says, come on, man, we can't do anything here. We're in a goddamn hospital. Well, it's obviously, I think we should maybe go to a place where we can all talk, and he obviously doesn't have it on, and he's in this flimsy little gown. Uh, I think this might be a little bit of a quid pro quo thing, you know? Uh, I think maybe we can all talk about all the things that have been going on. Then maybe you can give us the money that you clearly don't have on. You probably have to go to another location to go get your pants. And then we (laughs) can talk about your money and other things. Your day. I want to hear how you guys have been. Because you guys have been doing a lot of things lately that sound interesting to me. I want to know what they are. <laughs> I don't know what my accent is, and I love it, and I'm fine. It's like it. if Andrew Dice Clay and Larry David had a baby. Anyway, they all stare at you in bafflement. Worst guy trying to get someone to say something, in, like when he's wired ever. Let's act normal. <laughs> yeah. And Teddy's like, I- I'm sorry about my friend. He gets a little weird, he's got a head condition. Yeah. yeah, he's mentioned it. Okay, so they have heard. Well, then, all right, guys, level with me. You know about my condition. Yeah, you're not the first guy to develop a memory issue when they know something that it ain't good for their health to know. Didn't stop you from selling your friend Teddy here down the river. All I know is you were in the fox's turf in Jimmy Grant's car. Teddy says, oh, you were driving Grant's car around town. Great. Not that I knew at now, but then I probably knew. But I didn't know I knew it then. Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking Leonard, you're useless. <laughs> you knew that. I don't know why everyone's hanging out with me. I have a condition. Everyone knows it. You guys ask me questions. Like, you don't know what my brain does. This is ridiculous. You're all ridiculous. Asking me to be someone you know I'm not. Well, I'm sorry about your money. I'm sorry I was in the car. I don't. I've checked my pockets. I don't have $200,000 on me. I feel like I'd know. Snow cashier's check. I don't know where it is. So I think you guys need to tell me a little bit more about what you've been doing. I I understand all this has been going on, but what's been going on with you guys? Like, what's new? What's, like, new and illegal in your world? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I I like it. I like it. They are certainly thrown by your approach. (laughs) Teddy is trying to change the subject. And Teddy finally says, something, look, 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 I, I know a place. I'll take you back to the place where he was. All right. We'll go back there. You could see for yourself. And maybe something will jog my memory. Spoiler, it won't. Am I right, guys? My brain. But we could try. Yeah. So the four of you walk out to the car. Your two captors walk behind, escorting and help you two into the back seat of the car. And the big guy drives while the man in the red vest watches the two of you closely. Yeah. Uh, Teddy gives directions and you guys 
drive to a fairly industrial area. He's humming with like nervous energy. He's looking back and forth and looking at you meaningfully. You can tell that something is up, but he can't really relay any messages while being watched like a hawk. Uh, soon you pull in to an empty dirt lot with a rundown building. Looks like a storage or maybe an abandoned warehouse. There's a truck parked and a small sedan. Ah, uh, guys, I really loved listening to this Stevie Nicks mixtape on the way over. <laughs> Let's go into this abandoned lot. Oh, you like it? I call it my Nicks tape. Most people don't like the fact that it's just Edge of 17 12 times in a row with Nightbird in there once just to add spice. <laughs> <laughs> And you all get out of the car, and Teddy leads you all towards the warehouse. This place is beautiful. The man in the <laughs> hospital gown, a Teddy, has successfully taken two steps forward and angled himself so his back is to the other guys, but you can see his hands. And he makes a desperate gesture to you. Give me an IQ roll to try to okay. interpret it. Oh, that's a big failure. <laughs> Timely. Okay. Yeah, no one's shocked. All right, give me a focus roll. <laughs> no one's shocked. That's a success. Okay. Thank God. Stay focused. Thank God. So his signals are confusing and you just get nothing out of him this time. You figure he's probably just reminding you that you need to get them to admit their guilt on the wire. Uh, at this point, you guys step into the small building. It takes your eyes a second to adjust to the dark in here. But as you look around, you see a body lying on the floor. Oh. Around his head is a dark pool where blood soaked into the dirt floor. All four of you just stop short and everybody stares at the dead body in silence. His head is an absolute mess of blood. Does anybody want to leave and do some gambling instead? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone? Because I would love to be away from here. The now? The man in the hospital gown pokes you in the thigh, and the man in the red vest calmly walks over to the corpse and takes a look, and, and now the man in the hospital gown gives you a strong poke and subtly points over to the right. Give me a perception check to try to okay. see what he's pointing at. Uh, that's a uh, failure. Yeah, you don't see anything. He gestures again, this time more urgently, but you can't figure out where he's pointing at and he starts to move himself, but just then the man in the vest looks up. He had been down inspecting the body. And uh, if there was a moment of distraction, it's gone now. Uh, the man in the vest takes out a cigarette and looks back at you and Teddy and says, Well, this is very frustrating to me. Teddy immediately comes back with, Look, I, I didn't know. I this is as big a surprise to me as it is to you. Hey, you wanted to find him, you found him. The man in the red vest nods to the big guy who cocks his gun and points it at Teddy's leg. Hey, I wasn't there. He, he points to you, panicking. He was there. He's the one you should be threatening. The man in the hospital gown? Yeah, he's panicking and trying to get them off his back onto you. Fuck that! <laughs> All right. Are you, are you trying to do something right now? Look, don't take it personal, Lenny. It doesn't stick anyway. Can I punch the man in the hospital gown? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. I Good just story. punched him. <laughs> uh, give me a roll to punch okay, him. Okay, cool. Yeah, I thought I needed to. All right, yeah, there we go. Yeah, you successfully punch him. Give me a focus roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six, six, six. <laughs> That's another crit failure. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Lane. For for a crit failure, you lose two focus points. Uh. So you're down to your last focus already. You feel betrayed <laughs> by Teddy. And so you rear back and you just deliver a haymaker <laughs> to the face. And he doesn't see it coming. And he falls straight on his ass with a thud. And he cries out and grips where he's bandaged up. And you're so blinded with rage that you completely lose your sense of focus. And are only 
brought back into the moment by both of your captors who go, whoa, whoa, and they both you know, get guns out and brandish them and try to separate you off of Teddy. And Teddy's just in a state at this point, rolling around and shouting, he, he wasn't there, Le- Le- Leonard doesn't know either. And the big guy points the gun at you confused. Well, well were you there or weren't you? Was I here? I don't know if I was. He says, I'm goddamn tired of these games. Now, if you don't have anything more to say, you're of no use to us. And he advances threateningly, gun forward. Uh, How do you want to defend yourself? With words. Okay. (laughs) What do you say? I'm going to. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to tell him, I'm going to try to tell him something. I'm going to tell him that I don't know and that I, that I killed the guy and I'm sorry, but. Okay. Give me a, so give me a diplomacy role. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to reason with sure. him. Sure. But are you, you're telling him that you killed him? Well, that's a failure. Yeah, diplomacy. Really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, are you, are you telling him that no, you No, I don't think I'm going to tell him. I don't think I'm going to tell him. Okay. I'm just going to say, look, I don't know what happened. Like you got to believe me, which she doesn't know what happened. And that's true. Yeah. They continue to not buy that, which makes sense because you failed your diplomacy. Uh, Give me a focus check. Okay, you're still in it. A big guy is out of patience and he just takes his gun hand and backs, uh, backhands you straight across the forehead. Um, That is a success. Uh, Give me a dodge. (laughs) That's not good enough. You take a pistol whip to the face. Damage. Uh, could have been worse, but it certainly hurts. A thin uh, cut from the gun forms on your cheek, and you taste blood in your mouth. Horrifying being. And he points the gun at your face and says, give me that excuse one more time, and I'll blow both your brains okay, out. Okay, okay, okay. Teddy calls uh, out I'm from the ground, no, stop, wait, Le- Leonard didn't kill the guy. It was a guy, he was he was after that money. Look, I swear on my mother's grave, Leonard didn't kill him. Give me a... um. Well, actually, you succeeded on a good perception before. I'll give you that you saw, again, his signal he's been trying to give you. Uh, While they were looking at you, he was shaking his hand, sticking out his pointer and thumb. Now he has their attention if you wanted to do something, but you still haven't succeeded a single IQ roll to understand him. I'll give you one last chance if you want it. Okay. But you're at a minus two for repeated attempts. Mm, Okay. That is still a failure. Your rolling today has been incredible. Uh, So you're in a bad spot. And honestly, if there's another failed roll, I'm going to have to kill you. These Uh guys don't have much reason not to. And Teddy knows this, and he goes into overdrive trying to find a way out. He's going to take a fast talk roll, and I'm putting him at a minus two because you guys have been spinning bullshit this whole time. If he fails, you are out of rope here. Okay. He does good. So that buys you a little time. Uh, he starts telling them about the guy who killed Jimmy Grants. Yeah, there was this guy. He he set up a fake sale. He was going to ambush Grants and take the money. Who was the guy? I, I don't know his name. He, he was tall, brown hair, big beard, and an eye patch. Uh, he had a leather hat like a ranger. He must have killed Grants and took the money. So now they, they still get resistance rolls. The... Uh, the big guy isn't very smart, and he fails. The other guy is smart, and he succeeds by... He essentially draws with Teddy. So he's not really fooled, but he thinks it's at least worth checking out. Uh, the big guy cocks his gun dramatically and asks, Where is this one-eyed ranger with all our money? Okay, okay, okay. You get your money. I have every assurance that you will get your money. It's just, it's not here. We're gonna have to go get it. I don't have it on me. As you know, 
We're going to have to go somewhere. You see Teddy giving the signal again, pointer finger and thumb out. You're still on your last IQ failure, so you don't know what it means. You interpret it as him saying, like, you know, stall for time, like he's giving you the Got like, it. finger. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Keep it going. Vamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vamp. Vamp. <laughs> but Red Vest Guy is completely suspicious of the story. More and more places to go. I'm running out of patience. If you knew about this one-eyed ranger, why'd you bring us here? To stare at Jimmy's body? I don't know. You know about my brain. I just, I'm trying to remember everything. You think I know where the money is? We're going to have to, I'm going to have to remember. And in order for me to remember, we're going to have to go to a couple different locations so that I can remember where it is. You think I'm going to risk my life doing this? You think that I'm going to risk my life? You have a gun to my head. You think that if I had that money, I would give it to you? My brain is all fucked up. If you think that I don't want to know who killed my goddamn wife, you're mistaken. So I want your money and I also want revenge. Now, the red vest guy now pulls you aside gently, says to you, I'm your friend, Leonard. You don't need to be so defensive with me. I told you our interests are aligned. I'm on your side, and I'm not sure your friend Teddy there is. You heard him try to sell you out? I wouldn't trust him. Now, I don't want to hear another word from his mouth. I want to trust you, Leonard. You haven't lied to me yet. You don't have any reason to. And you know that if you do, I'll kill you. And he takes a step back, and he says, Okay, Mr. Detective, one more stop on this wild ride of yours. Where to? Mm, can I can I look at Jimmy or whatever his name is for a clue? Will he mouth something so that I can know where we're supposed to I go? I assume you mean Teddy? Right. Because if Jimmy mouths something, it would be a real big clue. <laughs> uh, sure. So Teddy at this point has given up on giving you signals because you are not picking up what he is putting down. Uh, <laughs> you are the Bill Buckner of receiving signals right now. But if you want to try to get some secret information from him now with them watching you, you can give me a body language minus two and I'll give you something. Love it. Yeah. I need help. Tell me where to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good success. Uh, yeah, so you give him eyes, and he's still lying on the ground, and he kind of gives you a little shrug and a nod, and you pick up right now that you just need to get them on the road again. You just need to tell them something they'll buy, because any move that raises their suspicion at this point could be lethal. You mm. assume he's working okay. on some kind of plan, but you have no idea what it is. All right, well, there's a place uh, not, not far from here. I yeah, vaguely uh, remember... So if you're going to lie to him and try to convince him, I'm going to need you to give me an acting role. And a failure here might be lethal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That is a success by one. Nicely done. Uh, give me a focus check. Sure, sure. And that is a failure. That is it for you. Uh, but give me the acting role first before you go, and we'll uh, leave the next person there. Okay. Uh, there's a place uh, called Cannery Mill. Uh, I've gambled there a million times. I feel like uh, there's a great possibility I would have kept the money in a safe. Uh, it's where we often kept that kind of money. Um, I'm not really sure if I could find the safe, but I feel like if we go down to the cannery, I could probably ask a few friends, uh, see who's over there. Um, it's very likely. And, and, and even if even if it's not... In the safe, I know some people over there who could get us what we needed if we got there, you know. But we'll have to kind of take our time. We don't want to attract suspicion. You know, we can't race over there, really, because they're not open for another 30 minutes. All right. For that good acting role, he buys it and he uncocks the gun 
and decides to follow you to Cannery Mill, <laughs> which I love. Cannery Mill is an amazing call. It really is. <laughs> and with that, you're you're you've lost focus and you're done. I'm sorry your session was so short. The crit failure on the focus roll really killed you. I know it's fine. I mean, you know, I've created an entirely new place for us to go. I didn't die. Yeah. You know. And actually, you had a you had a hard out coming up, so it's probably for the best that you had that. Yeah, crit it's fail. totally fine. I mean, I would have I would have continued down whatever road this was. I mean, I'm sure the next thirty minutes, I guess, of them waiting for Cannery Mill to open would have just been uh, him playing I don't know songs on the radio, asking if they want to stop for snacks. <laughs> like I imagine it just be more vamping. I mean, hopefully the cops would show up. I'm excited to see like what oh what occurs God. after this. Yeah. This has been a wild episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I can't wait to hear them everyone all. Everyone pulling in perfectly opposite directions is amazing. Oh, I can't wait. No, I think that's that's the brilliance of this episode is that nobody, like the like the character himself, has any idea where anything is going or has been, which I think is exciting. Awesome. Uh, well, that's that's it for Lane Moore. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah. It's so good to hang out with you for a little bit yeah. and uh, break legs on, are you doing a show tonight? Yeah, I'm doing a show tonight. Yeah, that was my, All right. my heart out <laughs> break legs with the show yeah. say hi to the internet for me yeah thank you i will i know they're around <laughs> bye. bye peter Strait is Bur-bur. a theater director known for boundary pushing productions of classic plays he is the artistic director of torn out theater company he's also a regular video game streamer on twitch and a founding cast member of the film Reroll. How you doing, Peter? Burp, burp is what I would have said if I ha- remembered that you were going to do a whole paragraph. I'm sorry for interrupting you immediately. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. We can cut whatever we want. I don't I, look. I know that you have infinite power, but like, do me the courtesy of not bringing it up at all times. <laughs> Let me live in the illusion that I have some control over my Chris life. Chris and Kieran have ultimate power. Oh so shit! I'll leave it in their able hands. And we've never been in the room with them. Uh, no, I haven't that I know of. Oh shit! You didn't tattoo it on yourself. <laughs> I haven't checked myself for new tattoos. Oh, ah, you'd itch. It'd yeah, be like, it, yeah, I didn't have tattoos when I saw this movie. Well, I, yeah, I guess I haven't seen this movie since I've had any tattoos. So the whole like shaving and itching thing was just totally alien to me. So you saw this movie a long time ago? I saw this movie, uh, not quite when it came out, but pretty close. I saw it in high school. I was very, very into this movie. And my senior year, I don't know if we watched it or we just talking about it in my philosophy class. And my teacher had a like a very well-defined take on the movie, which I remember as a teenager, I was like, oh, well, he just ruined Memento for me. But now as an adult, I'm like, oh, no, that's the point of Memento. I don't know like if we want to get into that. I don't know if that counts as a spoiler. What was his take on it? Well, the take, essentially, if I remember both it and the movie correctly, uh, and I was just saying off mic that I kind of like glanced at the movie today, but certainly didn't watch it all the way through. I just kind of like fast forwarded to get a feel for it. But if I remember everything correctly, I believe his whole thing was that Leonard goes through the movie believing that no matter what else happens, his long term memories are flawless. And that if nothing else, he can rely on that. But my teacher was like, we see you know, through the the final scenes of the movie, that in fact, that is not true, that his long term memories also have started to shift and become unreliable. Well, that that is the question, because I think that a lot of people take everything Teddy says in the end of the actual movie to be and, and I won't name them because in case people are watching this, this will happen 
before all of that in our version. Oh, right, right. But people take a lot of Teddy's final reveals to... To be fact. To be canon. And I think that they are as full of a mix of truth and lies as everything else. And it was kind of sort of weirdly sad to me that I had to because I always... I need to know the canon for my movie. I had to make a decision oh. on what exactly was true and false. And this is a movie where I really enjoy the full ambiguity of yeah. the things that are revealed at the end may be true, may be false. Yeah, that's really weird. That's come up before, though, right? I can't remember, but I know we've had the conversation for other movies where like, you or maybe someone else has been forced to make a canon decision about something the movie deliberately Leaves ambiguous. I mean, that happens all the time in creating these. This is the first one that I can remember where I'm just like kind of bummed out to have to make a decision <laughs> because it, it like it right. it feels like making a decision either way is sort of violating the spirit of the movie. Yeah, and well, it's not that- it's not violating the spirit of the movie if I don't resolve it in that episode. But it's still violating my internal version of the movie. Yeah, it's a private betrayal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, not to go full uh, douchebag theater director, but um, I did. I directed a play in grad school that I love, uh, and the details are not really important. But there, there is. It's a very. It's a you know three person play, and one of the characters is he's a guy. All we know about him is that he's, as far as we know, he's twenty seven and he lives in a cornfield. And as the play goes on, there's like a big question of like is he the devil or is he just this guy? And it's a great, I mean, it's an amazing play. Like you want to talk about like well-constructed ambiguity. This play is incredible. He might also be a scarecrow. It's very unclear. And similarly, when I was working with the actors, like we tried to keep that ambiguity for a while, but it really does affect huge things about his performance. But I didn't want to decide either. So on the advice of a third year who had, suggested the play to me i just picked a third thing like i just told him you're a wolf and he's like what like like literally like i'm like a wolf but like you're a wolf and it worked (laughs) like it it, it worked it sounds so dumb and like pretentious artsy but it really worked i don't know if that if that works for like a re-roll situation but like whenever i have to make a decision like that where something is ambiguous and I like it that way. If I have to make a choice, I try and always do the third thing. Yeah, no, I think it could work for for certain reroll situations, right? Especially if the third thing, like you're a wolf, also doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So even even the third thing between me and the actor was ambiguous. So anyway, you're a wolf, yeah. and uh, I'm a wolf. Oh, how? What am I doing? <laughs> where am I? So Leonard. Yeah. Your ears are ringing. You're groggy. You're in the driver's seat of a car. Your hands are still on the steering wheel. A horn is blaring. You realize it's your horn, though. You haven't pressed it. You've just been in a car crash. The right side of the car is dented in. To your left, outside the window, someone is standing there screaming at you. To your right, the passenger seat is covered in blood, but there's no one in the passenger seat. Am I bleeding? You're not sure. You definitely got your bell rung, but you don't see any blood on your hands on the, or on the steering wheel. You're suddenly aware that someone behind you is shouting. Okay. Uh, there's someone in the back seat, but the guy on your left is more pressing. Big guy in a muscle oh, shirt fuck. and a ponytail okay. standing outside your window, and he's got a gun. When you say crashed, into what? 
You've gone up on the curb, partly on the sidewalk, and the passenger side of the car is currently being very intimate with a light post. Okay. Uh, I, I, the guy's shouting at me with a gun? Yeah, he's screaming at you. He's saying, cousin, you fucking cousin! I'm going to start driving away from this man. All right. Give me a driving minus two to get yourself going and extricated from the light post. Sure, sure. Uh, okay. Bam. Oh, that's a very good roll. That is a success. Now give me a focus roll. Shit. Okay, so that's just straight will? Yeah, straight will. <laughs> I'm so nervous that I'm going to get bumped after like two minutes. I'm just so positive that's what's going to happen. Oh, that's also a really good roll. Yeah. In one swift move, you put the car in gear and yank it off the curb and back on the street. Uh, the man in the muscle shirt dives out of the way to avoid getting swiped. Uh, the horn, by the way, has finally stopped. It was blaring this whole time. Uh, the car lurches and immediately starts dragging to the left as one of your tires was oh, blown out in the crash. Uh, you are here. I, I got a driving by two. So I'm doing okay. Yeah, you succeed. You're able to control the car. You hear a shot ring out behind you, presumably from the muscle shirt guy. Oh, shit. Uh, the person in the back seat starts screaming. He's shooting us, Leonard. He's I, shooting I, at us. Yeah, let me look in the rear view to see who the fuck is in my back You seat. look in the rear view mirror and weird. <laughs> it's actually someone you know. Whoa. It's, you're pretty sure. Give, give me an IQ roll to recognize. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's a success by one. Yeah, that's definitely definitely Travis Field. He's a guy who's worked with you at the insurance agency. He's a from your former life. Hey, Travis. Uh, how's it going? Leonard, what the fuck is going on? Why is that guy shooting at us? Who is that? Hey, it's like, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, it's Leonard. You know me. I, I'm from San Francisco. You know me. You're Travis. We work together. <laughs> I mean, not anymore, but we, we did, right? Yeah, yeah, I fucking know who you are, Leonard. Great, yeah, so do I. And Great. In the rear view, you see that the muscle shirt guy got up and he's running into his own car, which appears to be a Maserati with all of its wheels working. He's definitely coming after you. Uh, Travis, do you know why this guy is shooting at us? Yeah, he thinks you stole his friend's car. Did I? I don't know, man. Yeah, I think you did. Okay. Is this your Jaguar? Is it? I don't know, man. I don't think it is. Well, let's act as if it is, because we're in it now, uh, and it doesn't behoove us to really... I got to drive right now, Travis. Do you want to maybe give me some directions as to where we're going? You were the one navigating, man. I don't know. Uh, all right. I'd like to try and search my pockets and immediate surroundings to see if I can find any notes that I've recently... Well. Who knows recently, but notes that I've left to myself. Sure. Give me a search. Uh, actually, no. You feel a notepad in your pocket, which I'll give you for free, but give me a driving roll if you want to read it right now. You have a good 10-second head start on the guy chasing you, so you need a driving success to keep that lead while glancing at your notes. Fail, and he will catch up to you. Fail by three, and you'll crash again. <sighs> you got it, buddy. And success by three, and you can lose him in traffic. That is a failure. By two, in fact. Okay, so you drive a little less aggressively while your attention is on these notes, and he's going to catch up to you. Um, you pull out this notepad and glance at the notes. Travis on his way to pick me up at Glendale Police Station. Police picked me up. Questions about photo in pocket. Officer G and dead Jimmy Gantz. Other photo bag of cash in my trunk. Whoa. How did I get Jimmy Gantz's car? <laughs> well... See, the whole thing, notepad, between you and me, is I'm supposed to ask you the questions, and you're supposed to... It doesn't... I got... I read myself a note. Stop putting questions in notes. 
period. <laughs> Not helpful. You're, you're driving. You can't write a note right now, but you can tell Dravis to find some paper and write it. Uh, as you're doing all this, the muscle shirt guy in the muscle car has pulled up next to you, both of you speeding through suburban traffic. You're on back streets, passing boarded up houses, not a lot of cars on the road. This guy pulls up next to you and points the gun at you through both of your windows and gestures with it to pull over. Uh, do I have like a... What city am I in? Do I know what city I'm in? You do not know. You can try and look around and figure it out. But it's not San Francisco, right? You don't, fr- you're not on a street you recognize. You're on. You're in kind of a rough neighborhood. Okay, okay. I guess that's my, that's my question is I can't get myself. I say, Travis, Travis, uh, where's the nearest police station, Travis? What do you mean? We just left it. Well, I figure we're less likely to get shot by this guy if we're in front of the police station. Yeah, sure. Let's go back. My car's back there. Great. We got to go back there eventually. Great. Then we'll have two cars and fewer bullets. Well, that's a fine long-term plan. But at the moment, the guy in the other car is actively threatening you. You see him mouth pull over. And when you don't, he veers right to kind of sideswipe you and push you into the curb. He is rolling intimidation at a at a plus gun. <laughs> How does intimidation work from car to car? Can I intimidate him back? Sure, you can roll intimidation. Um, yeah, I'm going to... What I'd like to do is I'd like to sideswipe him back with a real crazy look in my eye. Okay, well, I want... To try and tell him that, like, if he wants to go auto, uh, auto with me... I want, uh, you to roll, You know, um, it's a dangerous game. I want you to roll, first of all, intimidation, and second of all, driving minus two. Both minus two? No, just driving minus two. Intimidation at a regular. Okay, uh, actually, sorry, before I do that, how long would it take for me to just, like, pat myself down to see if I have any weapons? Well, if you want to pat yourself down, you can take a driving roll to not get fucked up doing it, but just looking down, you see a big old knife rattling around in the cup holder. Great. Doesn't really work from car to car, though. Now, knife is just the skill to, like, hand-to-hand with it, right? It's not a throw... Throwing knife's a different skill. Yeah, it's a different skill. All right, well, let's... Uh, all right, here... Oh, shit. Uh, all right, here is driving minus two. Nope. Here's intimidation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. And give me a focus roll. Fuck. Oh, yeah, that's... Yes. Big success. Focus, focus all right. fuck. FAF. So you are intimidating. However, in trying to sideswipe him, you manage to just kind of get in front of him and he T-bones you and he's hitting the brakes and you're being He's hitting the brakes? He's hitting the brakes so as to not like wreck both cars. Oh, I see. Because you like did a side turn, but rather than sideswipe him. Yeah, he didn't T-bone me on purpose. Yeah, exactly. Got it. He doesn't want to like roll through you. That will probably hurt everyone involved. Sure. He does slam into you and you are going to take okay cool you are going to take two damage you already have fine that's fine i'm a little rattled hey can i find out if i'm bleeding travis field takes a bunch of damage. oh shit guess he was on the t-bone side of the car so you guys were going pretty fast and you get pushed along sideways for a scary lurching 30 feet or so and this is the left side of the car so now both sides of this poor car are fucked you slide and finally come to rest right up against the curb and you see a couple kids playing jump rope about five feet from you and in the backseat Travis is moaning groggily the big guy's airbag deployed so you can't see him right now your engine is making a rough grinding sound which can't be good uh is the car still drivable you have no idea you can stamp the gas if you want and see what happens what 
shape is uh, the other dude's car in? His front is bent up pretty bad, and there's some steam coming out from there. So Because he just good. went, like, boom, head on. Yeah, and his Maserati rides quite a bit lower than your Jaguar, so his front is, like, trapped under your side. You can't see the driver through the airbag, but at the moment, there's no motion coming from the car. Can I search the rest of the Jag real quick? Yeah, give me a search roll. Great. And that is success by one. Success by one. Um, you find a note that seems to have fallen between the seats. Mm. In my handwriting? Not in your handwriting. Ooh. It has an address on it that you obviously don't recognize. And then it says Teddy Gamble, and it has a phone number. Okay. Uh, I circle it, and I write, consider the source. And then I put it in my pocket with the rest of the notes. You find a coaster that says Ferdy's Bar. Ferdy's? On the back, it says, come by after Natalie. Okay. Uh, is there an address of any kind on the coaster? It says 435 North Spruce. Okay. You also find under your seat a picture of a man you don't recognize, but you don't have much time to inspect it because suddenly there's movement from the other car. All right. Um, okay, well, I put that in my pocket as well. Okay, you put the picture in your pocket, and now you see hands scrabbling at the airbag of the Maserati, and the door opens, and the man in the muscle shirt stumbles out. Does he look hurt? He's a bit dazed, maybe. Mostly, he just looks angry. Fuck. His gun's still in his right hand, hanging loosely as he regains his balance. He's furiously clenching and unclenching his jaw. Well, um... Is it Travis? Do you have a gun? Why would I have a gun? It was worth a shot, Travis. I evaluate insurance claims for a living. Yeah, well, so did I until recently, and I've got a knife, so it was... Look, man, wasn't a stupid question. You got keys? I've got keys. To to, to what? To your car? Yeah. Travis, I saw, I'm sorry I brought you into the conversation. That, I see that was a mistake now. Oh, I do have this. Will this help? And he hands you the note. It says, stop putting questions in notes. I took dictation. Um, well... Look, I'm going to try and keep driving. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> give me a dri- the guy's got a gun. Give me a driving minus four. Here we go. Nope. That would have been a driver minus two, but that's no longer the condition. Yeah, you, you start to drive off and the car is just not very workable. The Jag has taken too much damage. And as you try and navigate it straight onto the road, it veers fast to the left and slams into a tree again. Fuck. All right. Well... Uh, you take gonna, no damage, oh, however, Travis. however, Travis, Travis takes some more damage. Oh, fuck. All right. I'm like, all right, Travis, uh, I'm going to bail. You can come with, with me if you want. Bail. Yeah. That's why you asked me to come here. Great. So I grab the knife and I'm going to jump out of this car and start running. Sure. So you jump out and you're in the street at this intersection. There's a boarded up abandoned house in front of you on the corner. Uh, next to it, there's a house with a family spilling out of it, <laughs> gawking at the car accident in front of them. Between the houses, there's an alley that goes through the backyards across the this block uh, across the street there's a couple kids with bikes that might be useful if you want to steal a bike uh, but your pursuer is between you and them uh, on the corner to your right there's a boarded up construction site that you might disappear into if you feel you want to try hopping the fence great i'm going for the alley okay uh di- also did you give me a focus roll on that last driving roll you didn't i did not uh fuck all right, nope. that is your first focus failure. Well, this is going to be fast. And you're running, and uh, I'm running. Travis is limping behind you, and this guy is giving chase okay. as you run between the houses. Uh, and he is- I, I, my plan is I'm going to duck around a corner 
Okay. I'm going to run around a corner like I'm going to keep running, but then I want to hide. And then when the guy turns around, I'm going to stab him. Yeah. So you sprint between these houses. It's about a six foot wide alley with wood fences on either side. And there's kids playing stickball that part as you sprint through them. And there's a nice spot behind the back of one of the houses where you can lie in ambush and wait for a minute. And as you wait, you hear now the limping footsteps of Travis and you hear one of the kids shouting, where are you going, mister? Did you hurt yourself? And then you hear a loud crash and then the shouts of some of the kids and some of them sprint past you and sprint farther down the alley and you're waiting and you can't see what's happened without showing yourself, but you can kind of see through a couple of wood slats. Give me a perception minus two to look through the fence. Uh, Okay. Perception. Yes. By three. Sure. So you're able to see Travis is collapsed against the opposite fence and the big guy is standing over him. He's now pocketed the gun. It's in his belt. Uh, The kids have all cleared the area. Big guy looks down the alley, then back at Travis and says, where'd your friend go? Travis moans a bit and says, Disappeared a couple years ago. Thought he was dead, I swear. Big guy is slowly backing up in your direction. He's like eight feet from you, so not quite in range, but he's still backing up, looking down the alley, and then at Travis, his back is to you. I'm I'm in stabbing position. Yeah, you're crouched. He's talking to Travis. He says, Hell are you on? The guy in the car? Why would he be dead? And he's walking backward. He failed his perception on you before, but I actually, I think he should get an IQ roll to at least think you might have ducked around a corner, but he fails. Like an idiot talking to Travis, he drifts unaware into the range of a leaping stab. If you want to give me a stabby, stabby roll. Stab, uh, uh, all out determined. What does telegraphic mean? I can never remember. Telegraphic gives bonuses to their defense in exchange for bonuses to your attack. Bonuses of how much? Is it one of those, like, for every two I take, for he gets every one? two he gets in bonus, you get one bonus. Oh. No, I'm just going to go all, all out determined. All out determined, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, by a bunch. Good roll. Give me a focus. Oh, I don't want to. That is on the button. No, it's by one. By one. All right, you jump out. He's facing away from you. No dodge as he can't see you. Give me a damage roll. Fuck! Shit! So yeah, you get a weird angle on him and you kind of scratch at his back. You definitely tear his shirt, but you're not sure you drew blood. Damn it! And now he knows you're there and he wheels on a dime at you. Of course he does! And he goes to grab your hand. That's a success. He grabs my hand? Yeah, he doesn't grapple on your knife hand. You could dodge it, except you just did an all-out attack, so you gave up your dodge. Uh, Travis, get him! Uh, Travis, yeah, Travis gets a turn. He gets some nerve in him and grabs an old plank and a piece of broken fence and goes to break it across the big guy's back. He does so. Yes! But the guy doesn't even really flinch. Fine. Uh, Travis bounces off the big guy and crashes into the fence again. All right, I want to just fucking... Wham, I'm just fucking straight out brawling. Okay. So you're what, letting go of the knife and punching with that hand, or what are you doing? Because he's got you by the wrist can I, and he's trying to. Can I kick him? Yeah, sure. Give me a kick roll. Uh, is that just still brawling? Brawling minus two. Okay. All out strong. All right. Fuck! Oh, that's a really bad roll. Give me a focus roll. Nah. 
All right, I'm focused. I'm focused. Yeah, so he's got your right wrist in his big, beefy hand, and you go up to try to kick him hard, but the angle's weird. He's too close, and you just get tangled up. And now he's just yanking at the knife, trying to pull it out of your hand. Quick contest of strength. Uh, He rolls decently, and he's quite strong, so you need to succeed by three on a strength roll. Well, I didn't. Yeah, he easily yanks the knife from your hand. Great, I'm going to grab the gun from his belt. Yeah, go for it. He grabs the knife and you immediately lunge at the gun in his belt. Um, Blam! Nope, that's a good roll, but not good enough. All right, and give me a uh, focus. Success. And you're good. You go and you lunge for his belt and he just backs up out of the way and now he puts a hand on his gun. What the hell is your problem, man? So I, I have this condition. It's, I can't make any new memories. So I don't know who you are, what we talked about last time we talked. So what what if we just both walk away? A lot of talk from the man who just tried to stab me in the back. He reaches for his flank where a narrow strip of blood is flowing. Dodd goes out looking for Jimmy, then suddenly I run across you. I'm taking you in. We're going to find out what's what. All right, I'm going to roll diplomacy on this guy do it that's a success by three all right say look and give me a focus roll that's a success yes it is uh i say look i'm not bullshitting you i don't know who dodd is i don't know who jimmy is i don't even know who you are so you take me to dodd i'm not going to be able to tell him anything i can't tell you and i can't tell you anything why don't we just Call it a day. Yeah, for your good success diplomacy, you put him at ease and he softens with you and he stops treating you roughly at least. He pats you down to check for more weapons and checks your pockets, but luckily he doesn't think to take the time to read your notes. He notices you have two pairs of keys and one of them has a small like Swiss army knife which he throws away, but then puts everything back in your pockets. He says... Come on, man, you know goddamn well. I let you go, it's my head on the line. We ain't looking for Jimmy for fun. Man, you just totaled two goddamn company cars. Think I can just let you walk? I, can I get a promise that no one's gonna, you know, hurt me? No. If I go with you? That's, yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Can't make no promises. Um. Meanwhile, Travis decides to make a getaway and... All right, Travis, go it home! It does not go great for him. What? Why is he with us? So, Travis gets up and starts to run, and the big guy just clotheslines him, and Travis is out cold. And all of this without breaking eye contact with you, the big guy just scoops up Travis and throws him over his shoulder. And none of my notes said anything about why I'm with Travis? Yeah, one of the notes said he came to pick you up at the police station. Anyway, the big guy now starts pulling you along. Come on. Boss will be glad to meet you. All right, but I'm going under my own power. Please do. I'd like my knife back. Nope. Come on. I'm not going to use it on you. You tried to stab me. You tried to shoot me. In the back. One of those is worse than the other. Diplomacy? Just give me a diplomacy roll. That's a success by one. All right. Give me a focus roll. Okay. That is success on the button. button. Yeah. Between the last diplomacy roll and this one, you've put the big guy at ease and he flips the knife handle towards you and lets you take it. He's... Pretty dumb. Fabulous. Don't get too close, though. Social distancing is very important. I get it. And he slips on a pair of sunglasses and points you down the alley. This way to the foxhole. Let's go. 
So the two of you and the unconscious Travis walk a few blocks. You pass a beaten up school and a big garden. Okay. Otherwise, it's a lot of boarded up housing. Not quite Skid Row, but Skid Row adjacent. Sure, sure, sure. And finally, he stops at a very big greenhouse. He pushes a button on the front fence and says, it's Mansfield. And the gate opens and he leads you down a walkway to the main door. You notice the front door is fake. From far away, it looks normal, but up close, it's a metal door with a painted-on doorknob that just slides open as you approach. There's an average guy with brown hair. Does he look like a like a Cylon? Not that you can tell. Roll, roll, roll Cylon. All right. If I get a crit success, I definitely know. Nope. That's a, a default Cylon. That's not good enough. No, definitely not good enough. No, roll focus. All right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the guy has a graying brown beard, which doesn't correspond to any silent I remember. He's behind a desk, separated off by bars. This is a very bare reception area with doors to the left and right. The big guy in the muscle shirt says, Wally Dodd went out to find Jimmy, right? Wait, is Wally a different person, or is his name Wally Dodd? It seems like Wally is the guy with the beard. Okay. He says, yeah, few people have gone out. Don't know what's up, but bad mojo in the house, man. Well, I happen to run into Jimmy's cousin here. Oh yeah, you Jimmy's cousin? I, it sounds like I'm probably not, so let's say no. Taking him in for a chat. The bearded guy behind the desk pushes a button, and the door on the right opens, which leads into a long room with a small sitting area on the left, and then a row of tables with single lights, one of which is currently occupied by a young woman who's hard at work doing something under the light you can't see because her back is to you. Um, while we're walking, can I, like, uh, is it just straight perception or observation? I just want to, like, get a sense of, like, how many people are in this house? How many weapons are in this house? So in this room are two people, the woman working and a little squirrely guy who was at the sitting area and stands up and comes towards you as you come in. Uh, there are no weapons you can see at the moment. Okay, but the house isn't like packed. No, I mean, you don't know about as far as I can tell. the rest of the house. This room is big, maybe 40 feet long, but the house is considerably big. But I don't hear... All right, fine. These are the only people you've seen so far. You don't hear any sounds from other rooms. Sure. The little guy comes up to your captor and says, Yo, Chris, who's the stiff? He's a present for you. And he dumps Travis on the little guy who struggles to hold him up and topples over us. Chris leads you to the end of the room where there are some stairs up and a door which he opens and gestures you in. Okay, let's go talk to Dodd. Inside, it's an ornately decked out office made up in marble and amaranth wood with an enormous portrait of a fox overlooking a big desk. The main seat behind the desk is empty, but the room has seven or eight people huddled, talking in hushed tones. It goes silent as you walk in, and Chris gives you a portion and says, A guy was in Jimmy's car, led me on a wild chase. You must be Dodd. And I look at the person who I think has the highest status in the room. Yeah, there's one guy who's clearly central and seems to be leading the discussion. People's attention seems to be more focused on him. He's got a red vest on and dark slacks. He chuckles at you calling him Dot, but gives no indication as to whether that's his name or not. He asks you, how do you know Jimmy Grants? Well, um, see, I have this condition, all right? I can't make new memories. If we've met before... I wouldn't know it. Funny that. Convenient. I assure you it is not convenient. And how did you end up with us, then? See, so uh, Chris over here, apparently we had a conversation that didn't go great for me, but I don't remember that happening. 
very good operation you've got going on here, but don't worry. I can't tell anyone I won't remember I was here. I know that well, sounds that wild. pretty out there, but it's true. I don't know who you are. I don't know who he is. I'm just out here trying to put my life back together. That's sweet, trying to pull his life together, the man. How do you cope? I have a system. I, I've, I've got my methods. I mean, you know, don't you don't have to worry about it. It works for me. You know, didn't work for it doesn't work for everybody, but it works for me. I, I got to No, but what do you do when you need to really remember something? Well, it's a Skillshare. Uh, I look. I take notes. I know what my handwriting looks like. I know I can trust myself, right? I know who I am. I have my routines. I have my my system. You know, I'm a bit of an expert on memory. I find it's usually a matter of motivation and leverage. Let's see if I can help. We need to find Jimmy Grants, and we need to find the money he has. Mm. If we find it, you live. I think that money might still be in the car. It's all yours. Well, see, didn't that help? Take us to it. Let's do that. Okay, so you're going gonna... to... I have a question. So I don't. Rem- I have no memory of like the access to drugs drug dealer thing, right? Well, yeah, no, because that all happened after the accident, so I would have no memory of it. Yeah, so, and you haven't taken the time to look over your tattoos, so you don't know any of that. I uh, I say, before we take a walk, I'm, uh, I'm a little shaken up by what I do remember. You got a place I could take a piss? He looks at you suspiciously and says, up the stairs on your left. Right. Chris, watch him. You want me to watch him pee? Just watch him from behind. Well, all right, it's uncomfortable, but I... I uh, I'm a nervous peer. I just, I need to close the doors. You gotta look somewhere with no, no windows. I'm not trying to break out. You can hold on to the knife. Knife. Shouldn't have mentioned the knife. Yes, I think we will hold on to that. Damn it! Damn it! All for naught. So you head upstairs. It's a dark hallway, and the bathroom is on your immediate left. Down the hall, one of the doors is ajar, and you see a flickering light and a grinding sound coming out of it. But before you can get a good look. Chris pushes you into the bathroom and stands at the door. So you're going to get your clothes off? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to strip. All of them? Gonna... Just pants down, shirt up? Yeah. Like a toddler at a public urinal? Ab- uh, <laughs> weird analogy, but sure. <laughs> so you see on your chest, find him and yeah. kill him as you take your shirt off. Okay. On your right bicep, consider the source. Memory is treachery. Great. Left bicep, she's gone. Time still passes. Okay, this is more sort of philosophical than I was hoping for. Right, and then you find the facts. Your left Great. forearm, fact one, male. Fact two, white. Fact three, first name John or James. Or James? Or James is scrawled in more recent writing. But it's, it's my still handwriting. still a little fresh. Yes. Or my note said something about Jimmy G. Yeah, it's a Jimmy Gantz on so your it note. it could be that Jimmy Gantz was James G., He's already dead, but Officer G... Left leg as you pull down your pants. Fact five, drug dealer. This one's very fresh. As you start to do all this, Chris Mansfield behind you is like, what the fuck are you doing? You taking off all your clothes? Oh, so he's in the room with me. I did not manage to get him to wait outside the door. Yeah, he's standing at the door, but inside the door. Well, I say, I look over my shoulder and I say, look, man, I was in a car accident. Two of them, technically... There was blood in the car. I'm making sure that I'm okay. He buys that. If I'm going to take a walk with you, I don't want to bleed everywhere. Am I bleeding anywhere? Like, does it look like I suffered a wound bad enough to leave that much blood in the car? Now that you see yourself in the mirror, you see you've got a kind of a gash on your forehead. But there was like a lot of blood in the car. Yeah, not that, definitely not a big enough gash for that blood to be yours. Okay, so I, my suspi- I pee, and then I put my clothes back on. 
And I say, all right, we're all done. Can I can I have that knife back again? No. Oh, come on. I was allowed to have it before. Yeah, well, now I got a good look at it. It's a pretty nice knife. Damn it. He's bonded with the knife. All right, I'm suspicious, but I don't have a lot of cards in my hand. So I guess we're going to go to the car now. Okay, so you head back down and the man in the red vest greets you at the bottom of the stairs, flanked by the little squirrely guy in some tufts and suits. The squirrely guy hands him a jacket, a gun, and a pack of cigarettes. He doesn't say a word to you, although the squirrely guy is chattering on about the evening schedule and all, that they need to be back by eight. The man in the vest just gestures you to lead the way, and you all go back out the front. Once outside, he lights up a cigarette. Do I smoke? You don't know. You didn't smoke before. I, uh, I say, can I bum one of those? Yeah, he gives you one and offers a light. I light it. I, I take a drag. How, how do my lungs feel? You cough immediately. Okay, I look at him and I say, all right, I guess I'm not a smoker. He shakes his head and puts on some sunglasses. That's a fair response. You make the four-block walk back out to the site of the accident. The two cars are where you left them, but now they're swarmed with onlookers. These are both pretty fancy cars, and this is a poor area, so there's people sitting on the hood taking pictures. There's one guy who's working off one of the hubcaps. Someone's brought out a boombox, and a bit of an impromptu party started. No sign of the police yet, but you'd imagine they should be here soon. Chris looks nervous, but the other guy just says... Let's make this quick. Where's the money? Uh, I'm going to pop the trunk of the car. You pop the trunk. It's empty. Well, I don't know why I didn't see that coming. I uh, All right, I take out the note that says the thing about the bag of cash in the back of the car, and I say, look, man, this is all I got to go on, and it said the money would be here. I, I obviously don't have it on me. Your man just watched me take all my clothes off. The guy takes that note, looks it over, and pockets it. Wait, that's all the same note? Yeah, it's all on one pad, except for the note you got from Travis and the one you found can out. I, can I rip off just the part about the money? Sure. And hand it to him? I know these guys know Jimmy. I'm obviously not going to show them the part that says Jimmy's dead. I mean, you're tearing this right in front of him. Let's see if he tracks you doing that. I don't know how I can help you here. If you want to file an insurance claim on this crash, that I can help you with. Yeah, he notices you being slightly cagey with this notepad, and he says, let me see that. No, that's privileged information. He goes to grab it. Uh, dodge? Sure. Man, this is going so badly for me. Ooh. Wait, yes, yes, that, I, do, I totally dodged. Yeah, he goes to grab it and you yoink it back and you see both of their hands twitch instinctively towards their waistbands at your sudden movement, but he definitely doesn't want to start a scene here in this public place. Instead, he just looks at you with dark threat in his eyes. I'm going to try to diplome him. Okay. Diplomacy on the button. And I say, look, man, this has nothing to do with you. All right? This is about the man who killed my wife. So unless that's you, and I don't think it is, we got nothing to talk about in regards to these notes. Give me a focus roll on that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Success. Success. You're good. You're golden. More like bleached than golden, but sure. (laughs) Yeah, a little too golden. Ooh, if you know what I mean. And I don't. The man in the red vest looks frustrated. Join the club. He says, come here, I want to tell you something. Uh, it's a notepad, but it's like a small notepad. Yeah. It's like, I, I put my notepad back in my pocket and I keep my hand in my pocket over the notepad. Yeah. I, I uh, 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 detect lies. Yeah. See, or body language. I, like, is he going to fuck me up right now? That's roll, what I want to Roll know. detect lies. That's a success by three. Yeah, he's probably going to fuck you up. I take a step back and I say, look, man, I you, whatever you want to tell me, I got great hearing. Bad memory, good hearing. You can tell me right here. Chris, the big guy, breaks in and says, 
You do what he says or you're going to have my fist to answer to. You got that? Well, your fists are not – again, I we've covered my condition. It's not on me. Your fists aren't going to get you the money. If you want to give me a little bit of time, you know, I'm something of a detective myself. Maybe I can help you find that money. But your fists aren't going to find it for either of us. The guy in the red vest holds Chris back and he's trying to diplome with you a bit. He Great. says to you, all right, Mr. Detective – I'm going to be straight with you. And he kind of steps forward and lowers his tone so it's private, but he doesn't get too close. He says, tonight my superior returns from abroad, where he's been for three days since someone tried to kill him. Mm. Jimmy Grant's went off our radar two days ago. Now, maybe he just saw an opportunity in the confusion to make off with some money, or maybe he knows something that I need to know. See, I'm just down here in the trenches with you. I'm telling you this because I want you to know I'm trying to stop it all from blowing up. If I thought you were some punk with my money and you walked me out here and didn't have it, I'd kill you. But I'm giving you leash. Now evening comes and I still don't know where Grant is, then, you know, things are going to go bad for me. But trust me, they're going to go worse for you. Okay. So just be straight with me, all right? I'm not doing this for fun. And just then a new sporty car drives up and a tough gets out and hands him the keys. And he tells you, get in the back, Mr. Detective. We're gonna, you're going to take us to Jimmy Grant's. And he and Chris Mas- Mansfield get in the front. Great. I love it. I love it. I want to stay close to these guys. Sure. You sit down in the back and uh, it's a less conspicuous nice car. It's still expensive, but not like Maserati expensive. And they go immediately just to clear the area before the police arrive. You notice that all the toughs have already taken care of moving the other two cars. And now it's just you and the two guys. Great. Perfect. Up front, Chris is driving, and he's muttering under his breath about his Maserati that you totaled. Um, Can I surreptitiously look around the back seat? Uh, Before you get much of a chance, the man in the vest turns back to you and says, All right, Mr. Detective. Two hours of rope to climb out or hang from. So where to? Well... You guys ever heard of an Officer Gamel? He looks at Chris for a moment and shakes his head at you. Never heard of him. Well, his name's in my notes, and it looks like it's a pretty recent note. So I'm guessing that I was with him around the same time. I don't want time. your guesses. I want answers. Where's this gamble? How do we find him? Well, we could get a phone book, right? It's the year 2000. <laughs> oh, my God. Is he in the, the white pages? You're the worst fucking detective. I don't super remember how phone books work. <laughs> Give me a quick IQ roll. Great. You better believe it, big boy. I'm sorry. Whoa, that's a really good roll. Yeah, so in your note, you had a phone number for him. Right. I'm I'm kind of trying to be withholding from this guy a little bit. Oh, okay. Bit. So you're purposely trying to... I'm, I'm trying to play for time a little okay. bit, yeah. Okay. So yeah, they seem doubtful, but they're still along for the ride with your plan. Great. Let's go find a phone book. And you drive for a few blocks, still in the back streets. At some point, if they, are, if they have their eyes on the road... I would like to surreptitiously look around the back seat to see if I find anything interesting or useful. Sure, you can look around the back seat. You want to give me a, a search roll? I sure do, buddy. That's a big success. All right, give me, rolling really well. Give me a focus check. You okay? That's a failure by one. All right. Oh, you were just begging for karma to fuck you up on that one. 
So you're Getting sexy. You are down to your last focus check now. Yep. All your IQ rolls will be at a minus two, oh, right. including focus fuck, checks. Fuck. Okay. Fuck. Uh, but they do take you to the payphone. And, do I find uh, anything in the back seat for that success by five search roll? Oh right. Yes. So you look around the back seat. The car is very clean. There's really nothing lying around. But as you're feeling around, you find a little button under the trim on the door next to you that opens a panel in the console in front of you uh, between the front driver and passenger. It's for liquor and you see a couple of bottles of whiskey and some tumblers, but also shoved in there is an envelope that says Casey on it in red pen, as well as a very small handgun. Now, they don't notice. It's just behind them, but this is a big enough car that you're going to have to lean forward to reach it. So they might notice you in the rear view making a move for it. (sighs) Fuck it. We all got to die one day, right? I'm going to try and get that gun. So give me, um... What is that? Well, I'll let you do it for free, but if you want to avoid getting seen, you can give me a a stealth plus one, which I don't think you have. So default stealth plus one, I think, is DX minus three. They'll definitely see me if I do it for free? I'll make them roll perception plus one to notice you in the rearview mirror, which is, you know, a pretty easy roll for them. Can I roll acting and pretend to spill all my notes and have to pick them up? Yeah, absolutely. Give me an acting roll. Uh, Oh, wait, but that's at a minus two now, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Ah, fuck it. We all got to die someday, right? That's a big fail. Yeah, give us a fail acting, spilling notes. Oh, oh no. I, oh, my notes. I look, I'm like, I got, a, I got another condition. It's called being a real klutz. Am I right? <laughs> Woo. Oh, boy. Is it hot Because here? of that failed acting, they both turn around and look and see that you have opened that little compartment. I just, I, well, I do spill all my notes, right? Yeah. Well, I'm picking up my notes. I pretend okay. to not see the thing. Oh, so you're not going for the gun? No, no. First, it was to act to spill the notes. Okay. I pick up my notes. I'm like, this is very embarrassing, guys. Can we pretend that we just like the, not talk about this? Don't look. I'm I'm mentally impaired. Don't stare. It's very rude. <laughs> yeah. Somehow Chris buys that. He's like, well, I'm not staring. I'm trying to drive here. In my rear view, there's a car behind <laughs> yes. us. I like Chris. But the other guy closes the panel and puts his hand over it so you can't try to sneak anything out of it. And then he thinks better of it, opens the panel, gets the envelope out, and puts it in his vest pocket. And then closes the panel again and puts his hand over it. Interesting. Oh, and did I make you give me a focus check for that acting role? You didn't. I didn't. It didn't happen yet. I Okay, here we go. It's been nice being on the podcast, everybody. Oh, that's a success on the button. Success on the button. All right. So they drive up to a gas station and park, and uh, Chris stays at the wheel, and the other guy gets out with you. There's a little public phone sitting under a metal cover, and there's one of those little phone books connected by a wire to the booth itself. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Well, first I'm going to look up... Well, okay, what city am I in? You appear to be in Glendale, California. Ah, okay. It's a suburb of LA. Sure, sure. I know it well. And uh, I guess I'll look up... Can I look up Jimmy Getz? Uh, yeah, Jimmy Grants. Or Grants, yeah. Yeah, so interestingly, you have some parts of the notes where it was spelled Grants and some parts of the notes where it was spelled Gantz. You can look up uh, James or Jimmy Gantz and you don't find any listings. You do find two James Grants with phone numbers. Not an address? No addresses. And I guess I'll look up Teddy Gamble. Yeah, you don't see any Ted Gamble's or Theodore Gamble's. You see seven different T Gamble's and you see two E Gamble's. Because Ted can be short for Edward, and uh, none of the numbers match the number you have. I'd like to call the number in the note that I found. Sure, you call the number, it rings, it rings several times, 
Uh, you notice the man in the red vest sitting on the hood of the car, lighting up a cigarette and staring daggers into you. Uh, after about eight rings, a groggy voice picks up. Yeah, hello? Is this Teddy? Who's asking? Teddy, this is Leonard. You know me? Lenny? Oh, you fucking asshole. You're a fucking lunatic. You know that? You're a fucking lost puppy with a loaded gun. You never have any idea what's going on, but you're always five fucking seconds from throwing down. It's like your fucking trigger fingers aroused by ignorance. Jesus Christ. You're like if fucking Kate Fear and Mr. Magoo had a baby. You're the fucking Chauncey Gardner of homicide. You dumb, confused fuck. I guess I already told you about my condition. Oh, I've heard about your goddamn condition. Can they hear me? Is the phone book booth closed? It's open. It's just like one of those curved metal hoods that covers the phone from rain, but there's no door. Oh, okay. The guy is like 10 paces from you, so he can probably hear most of what you're saying. Great. Well, I'm, I'm speaking quietly. I say, um, Teddy, I need I need some help here, man. I, I got, oh, now he needs my if, help. Yes, I do. I'm, I'm in a tough spot here. I, I got two drug dealers driving me around. They want to know where their money is. I don't know what they're talking drug about. Drug dealers? Suddenly his tone changes. Oh, God damn it. Okay, I know who these guys are. These guys are bad news. All right. I don't think they know anything because you don't know anything. But if you did tell them anything, you wouldn't know you had. God damn it. Look, Teddy, I'm going to keep him driving around for a little while and trying to waste some of their time. But uh, I can't keep that going forever. I need you to meet me somewhere. Don't fucking bring them to me. What am I going to do with them? I don't want to bring them to you, but I, they're on my tail and I can't. I mean, they're not on my tail. I'm in their, I'm in their back seat, you know. I, 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 I don't know how I'm going to get rid of them. God damn it, Lenny. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Um, I'm thinking, okay, look, here's what we're going to do. Call me a cab to the hospital. Put it on your card. I don't have any money here, okay? You're in the hospital? Yes, I'm at the Providence St. Joseph Hospital. I don't have a wallet, so you need to get me that cab. Okay, well, I, I'm like, I tell him, I tell Teddy to meet me there. No, no, do not. Under no circumstances bring them here. I don't want them to see me. I don't want them to know who I am. Just listen to me. I have a plan. If you have this number, you still have the note I gave you. It has an address on Clybourne. I gotta get there fast and clean up the mess you made before anyone else sees it, okay? So you stall them as much as you can and then meet me at that address. They're gonna come with me, Teddy. I know, that's the point. There's a gun stash there. So I'll grab that and I'll hide and when you get there, I'll have the drop on them. You understand me? All right. It's an industrial park. It's isolated. It's a good place for violence. Great. I love it. I love it. Hey, you don't have any other notes about me, do you? You're going to have to be more specific, Teddy. I no, it's all right. If you don't know, then you don't know. Of course I don't know. What do you mean if I don't know? I, pet, Teddy, what are you talking about? Don't worry about it. Look, just get me that cab to the hospital. I need that cab yesterday. T can I interrogate him? Yeah, give me an interrogation roll. That's a success on the button. And give me a focus check. Yes. And then well, folks, that's my time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a failure. Well, that'll be a fun place for uh, for whoever's next to pick it up. Yeah. Thanks for coming on board. This was fun. Woo! Woo! Well, this was very stressful, and I had a great time, and I hated it, and I'm unhappy. But that last part's unrelated to the show. That's just a commentary on my mental health. Okay. Okay, um, bye, babies. Okay, that is it for today. Just some quick plugs. Lane is doing a tour of her comedy show, Tinder Live, in August, September, and October in 30 to 40 different cities across the U.S. and Canada. For tour dates, check out lanemore.org. You can also catch it every month in Brooklyn. Also check out her book, How to Be Alone, at a bookstore near you. Her Twitter and Instagram are Hello Lane Moore. Peter is on Twitch at twitch.tv slash here's Peter. He's also on YouTube now, youtube.com slash here's Peter. And as always, he's pitter patter on Twitter. 
Andy is Reroll Andy on Twitter, and I am Paolo Quiros on Twitter. The show is Film Reroll on Twitter, Film Reroll on Patreon. We also have fan-run sites on Reddit, Discord, Tumblr, Facebook, and many other places. Thank you all so much for listening. Good night! Good night!